Hello and welcome to episode 12. We're the Horror Movie Crew. I'm Josh. Hey, y'all. It's Jess. So seductive. I'm not trying to be. <laughs> so I just have a seductive. Deep voice. It's Jess. Damn it. Welcome to the Porno Podcast. I just have a deep voice. I can't help it. Mm. It's okay. I'm not upset. You're upset. It's obvious. No, Seth no. is upset. So I said nothing about it being sexual. <laughs> we've been trying to get this thing going for 40 minutes. No, we've been here since one o'clock. <sighs> Nobody knows what time it is, but that's fine. It's now 10. How's your guys' weekend? <laughs> good. It's been good. Chill. Just chilling. Real yeah. chill. Really? You didn't get anything fun? Not really. No? Had hmm. a few drinks, watched a movie. <gasps> what movie? Could have been the one that we're getting ready to review. Oh, <laughs> yes. That reminds me. We're doing Scream 2. My pick. But before we get into that, Seth, how was your weekend? Awesome. What'd you do? I went whitewater rafting. Wow. Yeah. And you survived. I did. It was both fun and terrifying. <laughs> and nobody fell out of the boat. No, surprisingly. Did you get like a weird urge to push somebody out of the boat? No. You're so worried about staying in the boat yourself. Hmm. But yeah, you're not. So how many people were in the boat? Seven. Seven. Mm -hmm. And a guide, or that includes the guide? And a guide. They sit, like, in the back. What happens if the guide falls out? You're screwed. You're, de you're dead. <laughs> really? Is that what they said? No, they'd have to try to get back to the raft. Oh. But you're screwed. Yeah. Because it does you're happen where the whole thing flips and everybody falls out. And they told what you told me, the, what did they tell you to do if you fell out? It depended on the rapid. So they'd say, you know, swim left aggressively. Like you don't want to go because there's like a rock there or something that'll suck you under. And in that boom. moment, I wouldn't remember. Yeah, the, I would just be like, Fuck. "Well, they tell you like right <laughs> as you're approaching, and they're like, you know, <laughs> keep your feet up, and you know." And that, that was what I wanted you to tell people. What What do they tell you that you get sucked into? What do you mean? The meat grinder. Oh yeah, the meat grinder was like something that like throws people around and like yeah. Oh god, dude, wouldn't that be awesome? We should all go. No, because you assholes will, like push me in the water. No, I wouldn't do that. Push somebody in. Sounds much more like something you would do. <laughs> <laughs> we would put you up front as one of the captains, so we didn't. So you were in front of everybody. Uh, I could see me pushing somebody in, probably. Yeah. yeah. But just Seth, probably. Okay. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's super fun if you've never gone. Well, that does sound like fun. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Jess. Do we have any new reviews? I think that we do. Mm -hmm. <sighs> these people on iTunes. One, yeah. One's good, though. What do we do to these people to make them so upset with us? Well, somebody gave us a three, and you ragged on them for like three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so that might be part of it. Do you yeah. think? Do you think that's what happened? I don't know. I feel like they didn't listen anymore if they didn't like us, but... I felt like they said they did like us, though. This just needs to freaking pull the wiener out of her mouth and talk a little louder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First of all, no. Second of all, we got a one star. <laughs> really? One star. No. We did. Yeah. And they didn't say who they are or anything. Didn't this happen before? Yeah, then it went away. Or they changed it. I, I think know. I ha harassed somebody enough to where they took it down. <laughs> I called iTunes. I don't think this one's going away. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. It's uh, Taylor Punk's friend, probably. I think so. Hmm. But on the positive side, we did get a five-star review as well. Did they leave a note? They did. Perfect. It's from Chuck2986, and he said, love a good horror discussion. 
I love listening to them talk about movies. I also enjoy the fun they have while recording for their episodes, and you can hear and feel they are having a good time. I highly recommend you give them a listen. How great. Well, thank you, Chuck. Yeah, he's right. We do have a good time. We do, once we start. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is definitely my fault we got started late. <laughs> Why do you need magenta ink to print black? I don't know. Can someone let us know? Horse shit is what it is. It's pretty stupid. Minds. Yeah. Inquiring minds. Okay. What's our question today? The truth, no dare question of the podcast. Do we know? Do we have one? As far as I knew, I thought it was who's your favorite mm. final girl? Oh, yeah. Who's your favorite final girl? We posted this on um, Facebook, I think. It got a ton of, uh, ton of interaction. There were more uh, Sydney Prescotts than I thought there were going to be. That or Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. And Ridley. Ridley. Yeah. Seth, who's I'm your... I'm not going first this time. Why? Because I'm not prepared. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> huh. You knew about this for like a week and a half. I kind of forgot. Hmm. That's all right. I'll go first. My favorite final girl is obviously none other than the star of the movie we're doing today. Of course. Nev Campbell, Sydney Prescott. Why Why'd you say of course? Like it's a it's bad thing. It's just not surprising. Mm. That's all. <laughs> I do love Sydney Prescott. She's my favorite. You know why? Because she fights back. She's kind of a dick too, Ghostface, when he calls. Yeah. She's always giving him shit. Yeah. And she always fights back. Now, she does do some dumb things, like run up the steps sometimes, even though I think she made fun of that in the first movie. Oh, she made fun uh, of herself so. for it? She made fun of people that run upstairs. But then she does it. Mm. But it's okay. She's still great. She is. And if they decide they're going to kill her and scream five, I'm, I'm going to riot. It might be her time. Mm-mm, it's never her time. She's the greatest. I do know. Okay. Who's yours? Uh, mine's Daniel Harris. Well, Jamie Lloyd. It's a good one. I love her. She's pretty great. Yeah. Do you like her in Rob Zombie's Halloweens? I do. As Annie. She's good in them. Yeah. Mm. I watched that last weekend. Not last Did weekend. Dude, this, this week I watched it. Dang, you're rolling through all of them. Halloween too. Rob Zombie's. You've never seen it, have you? No, I thought we were saving those for October. No, yeah. She likes to watch them regularly. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Just a Tuesday a... afternoon. <laughs> like I'm gonna watch them. <laughs> I watch a lot of horror movies. I'm sorry. That's I didn't true. realize I was banned from watching it. You just get a random text that's like, oh, this actor is so great in this movie. Why would you say that? Because I'm fucking watching it on yeah. a random Tuesday. <laughs> I was, wasn't I? That was right. Halloween 2018. I like Halloween. Whatever. It's Seth, fine. Seth, who's your favorite final girl? I, I'm not prepared, so I'm just going to say <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. Laurie Strode? Yeah. Okay. Wow. If I had to pick, like, Without thinking about it, that's probably who I'd say. Hmm. Okay. I mean, she's still around. She's still around. He that's not true. killed her yet. Yeah, well, I think she might. She might eat it in Halloween. Kills. You think? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> if it ever gets released, <laughs> it'll come real. soon. It'll be coming. Okay. All right. Let's jump. Let's jump into the, to the discussion. The do you like scary movies discussion? So, do you guys remember the first time you saw this movie? No. I didn't realize what that was 97. I thought it was later. Oh, yeah. It came out like pretty quickly after the first yeah. one. They were trying to keep that steam rolling. I don't remember 
first time I saw it. I had it on VHS. Was it like when it sort of first came out though, or was um, it down the road? I think it was later down the road. I didn't see it in theaters, but I watched it a ton. I had, at one point had probably seen this one, Scream 2, more than I had seen Scream. Because I had Scream 2, I didn't have Scream at the time, but... I was in high school, so I don't know if I would have been old enough though. I was like 15. Hmm. I'd be old enough to see Scream 2. Probably not. Probably then, maybe. They'd probably let you in. I don't remember. I don't think they were as strict then as they are now. Probably not. Hmm. And you don't remember the first time you saw it? No, I know it was. It definitely wasn't in theaters. Um, I think it was like years after. Probably. Oh, really? Yeah. At least hmm. a year. So, Scream 2, basically the cast uh, is compiled of Sydney, who is played by Nev Campbell, back from the first movie. You've got Dewey, Deputy Dewey, played by David Arquette, also back from the first movie. He's walking with a bit of a limp this time, though. He's a little rough in this one. He's got that limp going on. Uh, Gail, Gail Weathers, played by Courtney Cox, again, back back from the first movie. Randy, played by Jamie Kennedy, also back um, from the first movie. So quite a few... Uh, yeah, I forgot all these people were in it from the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't write down the other ones, but there's um, Mickey. He is a film... In, he's one of Randy's film student buddies. That's mm-hmm. played by Timothy Oliphant, which I forgot he was in this. I forgot yeah, too, too, and I was so excited. He looks weird, doesn't he? Yeah. Because he's he so young. so young, yeah. He yeah. looks like bulkier or something. He looks chubby. Yeah. Yeah, he looks chubby. He's not like... Uh, I don't know. He's like real thin now. Hmm. I can't take him. Do you say he's delicious? I said he still looks good. Oh, for sure, he's delicious. He <laughs> does kind of look the same, like yeah. in the face. I can't take him in any other role except for Raylan Givens from Justified. Did you guys watch that? No. No. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's on Hulu. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's really good. It's an FX show. It's over now, but doesn't there was five or six seasons? It's good. Anybody I'm forgetting that you can think of? Sarah Michelle Geller. Oh, duh. Oh, yeah. Sarah Michelle Geller plays Cece. Briefly. She took the role for that without ever reading the script, just because yeah. the first movie did so well and was so popular. She was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll be in this. Nice. And wasn't, wasn't that Heather Graham in the Stab movie? Yeah. Was that her? It was. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. Played Casey. And who played... Um, I, don't, I think I have it written down, because they make a comment about it later, but... Um, how about Luke Wilson playing Billy? I like that. Yeah. Did you? I love Luke Wilson too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thought it was funny. You didn't like him playing that character. I just had forgotten that he he was in it. How um, come they couldn't get the same dude back? What do you mean? How come they couldn't or not the same dude? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Because he dead. Because <laughs> he dead. Ski yes. Ulrich. Uh, because this was the stab movies. So they were actors playing the parts. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, stab. What is, that's funny. Anyway. Um, oh, I get to do the synopsis because this is my movie. <laughs> I do such good synopsis. Synopsi. Synopsis. I think it is synopsi. <laughs> is it really? I don't know. It mm. just sounds better. I wonder if that is an actual thing. I'm sure it is. Synopsi. Why wouldn't it be? Okay. So we're two years after the happenings in Scream. We follow Sydney Prescott to not, nowhere else but Ohio. She's in Ohio at college. Is it Windsor? Windsor College, correct? Yes. I think so, yeah. And two years after um, the happenings in Woodsboro, California, the uh, the killer ghost face follows 
Sydney to uh, college and everything starts happening all over again. Pretty much the synopsis right there, kids. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You ready to hop into it? Sure am. <laughs> oh, I gotta drink this beer. Hang on. Jerry O'Connell, is that? That's yeah. Derek, her boyfriend. I'm not a huge fan. No, mm. I never liked him. I didn't like him either. I feel like he looks like he's 10 years older than everybody yeah. else, too. I thought he was a weird choice. Yeah, for that. Hmm. He must have needed some money. What All was right. he big for back then? He was in something. He was in Can't Hardly Wait, I remember, right. for a minute. He wasn't like a super Lost band or Boys. something, was he? I can't remember. I don't think so. Sorry, I'm just trying to... But Lost Boys was when he was like young, young. Right. Aren't there two of them? Not Lost or Boys, not Lost but... Boys. Stand by me. Yeah. Not Jerry O'Connor. Doesn't he have a brother? Oh, yeah. I think he does. It's like I two of them. I can't think of his name, though. I don't know. Anyway, you ready? Sorry. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yum. Oh, I forgot the fucking beer bowl again. You didn't forget it. You meant, forgot to mention Yes. It. Well, as always, we're joined by the beer bowl. He's down there. Beer bowl's getting no love. Just didn't get an introduction. It'll be fine. All right, you ready? Yep. Ready. <gasps> Scene one. It's a stab, baby. The movie <laughs> opens up with a line going into a movie theater. So outside of the movie theater, we see there's Ghostface, right? So uh, mm-hmm. looking at the theater, it's kind of in like an older brick building. There's the huge Ghostface. Um, is it a blow? It's not like a blow up thing, is it? Like, like a big plot, like I don't know, plastic. And yeah. he's like stabbing yeah. down with a knife. There's a whole line of people. Do you guys miss going to the movies? I do. Yeah, it's been a long time. I miss it a lot. Yeah, maybe someday. I like how this one was kind of like an old school yeah. movie theater, though. Yeah. That is nice. Like the one in Urbana? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's two characters here, Maureen and Phil. They are arguing over what movie to see. <laughs> Phil wants to see a scary movie, Stab. Maureen wants to see a Sandra Bullock movie. Phil tells her nobody wants to see that Sandra Bullock shit <laughs> unless she gets naked <laughs> in it. <laughs> he said no one wants to pay seven fifty to see Sandra Bullock. Uh, her line was funny about the dumbass white movie about some dumbass white girl. Always, <laughs> always. So, um, yeah, yeah, nobody wants to see that Sandra Bullock bullshit. Um, so he tells her that it's good to be scared. It's primal. So she does not want to see this mm-hmm. movie because she doesn't want to be afraid. Okay. She tells him that it's a dumbass movie about dumbass white girls getting their <laughs> white asses cut the fuck up. The horror genre is historical for excluding the black element. Maureen is played by um, Jada Pinkett Smith, correct? Yep. Yes. Okay. I have a note. I said that's why these movie, these screen movies are so great because they take all of the horror stereotypes and bring them to light and make fun of them. They do. Um, so I think in Scream 3... The um the main character one of the main characters is black and he like makes a comment about how he's got to get out of the house because black people generally don't make it out of yeah. horror mm-hmm. movies. But yeah, so it's something that they always talk about. Um, in other horror movie um stereotypes, but inside the theater, everyone's dressed up like Ghostface. Like when they walk in, they're handing out Ghostface outfits, which I thought was weird. Okay, this movie theater is like a hot mess. Like. Have you ever been to a movie that's been like that? One. Um, and I think I have a yeah, I have a note here to discuss, but one time I've been to it. It wasn't like that I bad, mean, it like but it was insane. like wild. Yeah. Um Yeah, total this would never happen today where they hand out nah. fake knives and masks and no, outfits. Definitely not. 
Um, the screen music's playing in the background over the theater. Um, Maury and Phil sit down as the movie stars. The movie on the screen is essentially replaying a dramatic version of the opening scene from screen one. Although Casey Becker's not watching a movie and popping popcorn, she's getting naked in the shower. <laughs> Before she gets in the shower, the phone rings. Ghostface pops up in the window behind her. So this is extremely overacting. Mm-hmm. This whole thing is it's yeah. supposed to be like Scream One, but it's you know not necessarily like way over the top and kind of cheesy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and whenever these like there's like supposed to be jump scares mm-hmm. in the movie they're watching when those happen, the people in the theater like completely overreact or like. Yeah. And I made a note, Jess, remember when we went and saw As Above, So Below, where that kid oh kept God. screaming, <laughs> I me put, off. she's that annoying person in the movies that wants to talking. Oh, my God, that was uh, so funny. So yeah. Ma- Maureen clearly does not like scary movies. She's very uncomfortable. Um, so the theater scene is awesome with all the ghost face outfits. At least I thought so. Cause like you can see from like the stage view looking out into the crowd and you can see every, just about everybody in there is dressed yeah, up like ghost face. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they glow too. Oh, the masks did glow cool. green, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't they have those out at like after this movie came out? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which I think this movie came out in December. It did. I, I believe it came out in December, which I think is kind of weird. Odd. But, um, so Maureen leaves the theater to go get popcorn. She orders a small popcorn with no butter. I said, what kind of savage orders popcorn without <laughs> butter? I agree. Mm, you can't do that. And you're at the movie you. theater. Yeah, come on. Splurge a little bit. You're paying yeah. for the butter regardless. You might as well get it. <laughs> <laughs> the people behind... <laughs> get that butter. So while she's getting popcorn, there's two girls talking behind, and they're, they're talking about how this movie is a true story uh, about some kids that got cut up um, a few years back. As she's walking back to the theater, someone jumps out of a closet with a ghost face mask on and scares the shit out of her. She spills popcorn everywhere. We find out that it's Phil. He's trying to be funny, playing a joke mm-hmm. on her. She um, ain't having it. No, she was pissed. <laughs> I think he actually tells her they can go see Sandra Bullock, and she's like, no, it already started. We'll just we'll stay here. So Phil goes to the bathroom. Maureen goes back into the theater. As she does, the crowd is being exceptionally loud and rowdy. Um I have I have a question for you guys. Would you hate to watch this movie in this theater? Yes, I would have left. Yeah, it's I again I, today this would never happen. They would no. not allow for this. Everyone was like standing up and acting all crazy. Yeah, and, like, screaming, yelling, stabbing yeah. these fake knives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Every time somebody got stabbed on screen, they would like pretend to stab each other. Yes. Um. Just... So yeah, I have been to a movie where it was pretty it wasn't this rowdy but it was like people were yelling and like in between scenes like no no don't do that ah oh, you stupid bitch ah. <laughs> it was uh halloween resurrection do you guys remember that movie mm-hmm. yeah someone with buster rhymes mm-hmm. trick or treat motherfucker <laughs> i mean, imagine some of those openings like you know when harry potter and stuff they might have gotten a little i don't know i never went to one but mm. i feel like a lot of the marvel movies are like that not like rowdy, rowdy, but people like, like clapping and, and shit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, come yeah. On. They did do that. You know who didn't clap at the end of the last Avengers movie? Who? Me. Yeah. I was fucking pissed. Irate. Yeah. Everyone's like. Not me. <laughs> I was a. How, good, good one. How are you going to fucking kill Iron Man, you fucking idiots? Mm. Anyway. We cut to uh, Phil in the bathroom. All the urinals are full, so he goes to the first stall. It's locked. The second stall is empty. As he goes in to pee, we can hear someone in that first locked stall. 
Um, they're like, <laughs> what are they saying? I couldn't tell. It's so, so weird. They're like whispering. I don't know if it's from a movie or what, but in the stall next to Phil, we can hear somebody whimpering and talking to their mom. They're like talking about mommy. Like, no, mm-hmm. mommy, yeah. Phil giggles. He puts his, la- his uh, head up to the the side of the stall wall so he can hear better. And when he does, uh, we cut out and we see Ghostface in the stall next to him. And Ghostface stabs through the wall and stabs him right in the side of the head. Didn't he like stab him right in the ear? I think it was in the ear. Was like, yeah, oh, that's pretty good aim for through a wall. But yeah. You know what? If he's gonna stick his face up against that dirty bathroom wall, mm, yeah. he might deserve it. Do you think you Kinda could gross. stab through that wall with that knife? No. Yeah, so he stabs him in the face through the through the wall. I thought it was cool. Um, Ghostface comes out of this first stall, and then we see Phil laying on the ground. He's like bleeding out all over the floor. Yep. Um, back in the theater, Maureen is getting very into the movie as we see the Casey Becker scene from Scream One playing out on the on the screen. She's trying to flee from Ghostface. Um, a person dressed like Phil sits down next to Maureen with the Ghostface mask on. And Maureen offers, she thinks it's Phil, but she offers Phil some popcorn and she explains to him basically what's going on in the movie. Um, As Ghostface on the screen stabs Casey Becker, Maureen notices blood all over her hands from where she leaned against Phil just a second ago. Um, And as Ghostface on screen is killing Casey Becker, the person dressed up as Phil with a Ghostface mask on stabs Maureen in the stomach. Um, she like stands up and stumbles around. She's like walking down the aisle, but you have to keep in mind like while this is going on, everybody in the entire theater is like going nuts, mm-hmm. like sta- fake stabbing each other, yelling, yeah. screaming. That'd be like a fucked up way to go. Like yeah, everybody's like <laughs> laughing. All these people at you are and yeah, and they like don't even help, but they don't. Well, I mean they don't know, but and they yeah. all look like the dude that just stabbed yeah. you. Right, right. God, that'd be so awful. no one really notices that she's like actually hurt. So she crawls up onto the stage in front of the screen. Um, she's like drooling blood and she's like clearly messed up, right? Yeah. Um, so she screams bloody murder as everyone in the theater begins to realize what's actually going on. She falls to her knees and dies falling backward. Uh, scream 2 flashes across the screen. What a great... Well, I think this is an excellent opening scene. That's The other thing I love about these movies is that they don't like... There's no waiting around. It jumps right into it. That's true. So I don't know. What did you guys think of this scene? It's good. I like the opening to this one. I liked it. I think this is where I was like, yeah, I, I do like this one better than the first. I just thought she was kind of obnoxious. Maureen? Yeah. Yeah. She's a little over the top. But I could see that. Hmm. Scene two. Hello, Sydney. A phone is ringing as Sydney wakes up in bed. She answers the phone and we hear Ghostface on the other line. Asks her what her favorite movie is. She tells him that it's Corey Gillis as she looks at the caller ID. You remember those caller IDs like that? Mm-hmm. We had that exact one. Oh, really? It's like separate from the phone. I don't think we had one. We had one. I thought they were on the phone. No, this, this was before that. Oh, really? Yeah. We were like, oh, this is so cool. Let's <laughs> see who's fucking calling. Sydney's <laughs> <laughs> uh, roommate, it's Hallie, correct? Yeah. yeah. Hallie. Okay, I thought so. Hallie asks if uh, it's time to change their number again as she turns on the TV. We see Cotton Weary being interviewed on the TV. He's talking about being wrongly accused of Sydney's mother's death. So Cotton Weary was the um, gentleman in Scream 1 that Sydney had um, testified against in the murder trial against her mother. So she mm-hmm. testified against Cotton, and Cotton was sentenced to... Uh, 
prison for for the death of Sydney's mother. Um, obviously, we found out at the end of Scream One that that wasn't the case because Billy and Stu, who were the killers in Scream One, mm-hmm. actually killed Maureen Prescott, not Cotton Weary. So mm-hmm. now Cotton is out. We also find out that uh, Gail Gail Weathers is writing a book about Cotton and his wrongful accusal. Sydney turns it off, and her and Holly start arguing about going to a sorority party. Were you guys in a sorority or a fraternity? No, I went to a rush party once for a fraternity, and I'm like, nope. What is it like it is in the movies? I've always wondered. I've never been to one. I mean, like just the parties and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're pretty out of control. Oh, really? Yeah. How do they get away with that? I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, this was like almost 20 years ago when I was mm-hmm. in college, so... So they are that rowdy, though. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Um, as they do, someone runs up and tells them to check out the news, which is funny because she just had it on and they just turned it off. But anyway, <laughs> on the news, we hear <laughs> that uh, two Windsor College kids were killed at the Stab premiere. Uh, Sydney immediately asks where Randy is. So we know, hey, Randy's Randy survived. Because did we, did we know at the end? Well, I guess we did know at the end of Scream 1 that he survived. He got stabbed, didn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he shows us the scars later. But anyway, uh, Sid walks out of her dorm building, and, of course, she's immediately harassed by um, reporters. She runs through them and continues to look for Randy. We cut scene to film theory class where Randy is um, in a circle of kids. They're talking to the professor. Um, The kids are sitting around arguing over reality versus art. Randy tells them that life is life. It doesn't imitate anything the teacher asks if they think the killer is trying to make a sequel to the Woodsboro murder. So they're clearly talking about the, the kids that got killed, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Randy says, who would want to make a sequel? Sequels suck. Again, paying homage to the mm-hmm. fact that this is a sequel to the first Scream movie. Brilliant. In the film class, we are introduced to Mickey and Cece, who are having conversations with Randy. Um, but do you guys think that all sequels suck? No. No, there's ones that don't. Like this is a good example. Yeah. Jeepers Creepers, I like. I think yeah. I like oh, you guys one. both like Jeepers yeah. Creepers too more yeah. than Jeepers Creepers, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like Scream Two more than Scream, but it's definitely up there for me. Um, I guess you guys will find out when I rate it with the incorrect stabby rating, like I did the first one. <laughs> <laughs> so again, they're arguing over sequels, um, and I think Randy challenges Mickey to come up with a sequel that was that was. It was as good or better than the original. They joke about Terminator, Alien. Um, in my opinion, this scene, Mickey is really trying to show that he can go toe-to-toe with Randy because up until this movie, at least in the first movie, Randy was always the movie the movie guy, right? The mm-hmm. guru. Yeah. yeah. So I think they're trying to show that him and Mickey kind of are, I don't want to say two peas in a pod, but they, they, are, uh, they know what they're talking about. Yeah. And they're both very fucking opinionated. <laughs> so... Um, Class is over as, as uh, he's leaving the class. Randy says he'd change the sequel by letting the guy get the or letting the geek get the girl, and then he sprays that nasty freaking shit in his mouth. Ugh! You guys, did you guys have those mint spray things? Mm-hmm. The banaca? Was that yeah. what it was? Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. know. They're terrible. Um. Yeah. So I think, uh, and I, he makes a few other comments later, but Randy is is definitely into Sydney big time. Mm-hmm. Sydney tells Randy that the killer is back. Randy tells her that he does not believe that it is related to the original Woodsboro murder. So Randy is not of the belief that this has anything to do with their original, um, the events from the first movie. 
as they're talking to Sid, uh, or as they're talking, Sid's boyfriend, Derek, walks up and kisses her. Um, he completely takes over the conversation with her, and Randy <laughs> follows them behind like a lost puppy. Jessica's face clearly showed how she feels I about Derek. I don't like him. You didn't like him at all? Uh-uh. No. Really? What is it that you didn't like about him? He's kind of douchey. Mm. Yeah. He's like a fraternity guy, right? Yeah. 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 Like his character just is not likable at all in this. Okay. I feel like they just don't mesh well either. No. I don't know. No. Yeah, it was definitely where I think it's it's trying to show us that Sydney's like trying to change maybe move obviously on, you know, yes, yeah. move on, do something do different. Something, yeah. Yeah. Um Derek kisses her in front of Randy. I said Randy's clearly annoyed, but was he doing this to like show like hey, this is my girlfriend, not yours, like you need to you need to back up there. I think a film little bit. nerd. Yeah. Hmm. Even though Randy's looking kind of Kind of hot in this one. Oh, like really? Looking a lot better than the first one. You hated him in the first one, didn't you? Yeah, I thought he was annoying in the first one. Him. Oh, you didn't like him either. Ah, oh, interesting. I was always a big Randy fan. He's a lot better in this one. Hmm. Okay. The other thing I kind of forgot is that they're like, yes, they're in college, but they're just right out of high school, right? Two years. Yeah. yeah. So they're really young. They're like mm-hmm. t- supposed to be mm-hmm. twenty in this. Yeah. Which I thought was odd. Um, I guess not that it's odd. I just had forgotten that. Um, scene three, Gail Weathers is back on the scene. I love her. She's such a bitch. <laughs> she's got an edgy new look. Yeah, she's just got an edgy new late 90s look, dude. <laughs> did you like it? Yeah, I did. She had the two-tone, like, red and black mm-hmm. bob yep. going on. Oh, Very. speaking of, we should have discussed. You have a new haircut going on. I do. I got bangs. It looks great. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, it does you. look good. Thank you. It looks great. You put it up there on the old Instagram. If anybody wants to okay. see Jessica's yeah. new look. It also boosted her porn cast rating. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it did. did. It did. That's but the only reason I did it. Yeah, for, your, so. for your promo stuff. Yeah. It worked. Mm. <laughs> Banging with bangs. Interesting. <laughs> Just get some bangs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the other thing about this movie in comparison to the first one is that the the clothes aren't nearly as bad as they were in Scream 1, which is funny to me because this is only like came out like a year later. True. They're still pretty bad though. Did you think? Also, They're I didn't think they great. were I didn't think they were nearly as bad as the first. Cuz I made one. a note when they were in the film class. I'm like, god, is this how we dressed? <laughs> like there's I'm, a lot of sweaters. Yeah, just like I don't know. Loose I, fitting. I bet that is how people dressed. Gail look mm-hmm. hot though. You into Gail? Yeah. We see Gail talking on the phone. She's talking about how many box office records the movie's going to break. Um, the movie being stabbed that was released the previous evening where the kills happened. Bum, bum, bum. We meet her new cameraman, Joel. That's his name, right? I believe I fucked so. it up. Or, or I wrote later. it somewhere further down. Uh, I right. just had cameraman. <laughs> yeah, okay. I had cameraman. <laughs> she tells him that uh, he just needs to point and shoot. Basically, shut up. And I have yeah. a note. Gail is such a hag. So, yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. Mm-hmm. She totally is. Um, another reporter walks up and asks Gail if she can have a minute. She tells her how great she is and that she really loved her book. Her name is Debbie Salt. She's supposed to be a like a local um, news person, but she's clearly obsessed with Gail. Yeah. She wants to quote her for her story, and she says, okay, begin quote. Your flattering remarks are both desperate and obvious, end quote. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Um, I call her Jackie through this whole thing. I did too. I said, <laughs> obviously, yeah. it's Aunt Jackie. Yeah, I just okay. call her Jackie. So Deb just... Salt, the actress, is the same <laughs> act. I don't know her name. I didn't write it down, but the same actress that plays uh, Jackie on Roseanne. 
So one thing to also note is in this movie now, Gail is like a, a celebrity at this yeah. point, right? Because even the other um, reporters and interviewers are trying to get her on their camera to, to talk and, and say what she thinks. Um, yeah, she's hot shit now. For sure. As the uh, chief of police tries to talk uh, and, and kind of brief everybody as to what's going on, like a press conference type thing, Gail just interrupts him and cuts him off throughout the entire thing. Um as Gail's asking questions, Sydney's group of friends are watching as Gail's asking um, the chief police questions. So they're like sitting up on the, it's not like a balcony, but it's like, um, I don't know, they're, they're like above where she's at, aren't like they? Like a stage, kind of. Yeah. And uh, so Mickey's there. He's recording it all with a camcorder. Did you guys have camcorders? No, we didn't have one. I had a small one. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Did I you like carry it around everywhere and take videos? No. Oh, that's no. sad. That's sad. I, we had one, I, I think, but I don't remember doing that either. Um, so as they're watching, um, the in, uh, Gail give this police chief all kinds of hell. Um, the, sor- the sorority sisters walk up and discuss what's going on with Sid and the killings. They're they kind of creepy. Yeah, they're they're odd. Did you know notice the, who the one is? She's uh-uh. from Urban Legend. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, the curly hair. Yeah. She was in Jawbreaker, too. Oh, shit. Oh, she that's is what in I remember Jawbreaker. That's, like, the first thing I thought of when I saw her. Fuck, I forgot about Jawbreaker. That's the one where they that's a rough one. kill her and put her in the trunk with the Jawbreaker? Yeah. Okay. She yeah. swallows it yeah. and dies. <laughs> well, we don't have to watch that one now. <laughs> don't have to watch that one. Uh, a lot more to it than that. Yeah. That's just the, that's the synopsis. <laughs> yeah. So these these sorority girls, they uh, Hallie is pledging to their sorority. I forget. That's a Delta Lam- Lambda or it something. It was a religious one, wasn't it? Because Sydney, like, when they're talking about the parties, like, you know how I feel about religion. Yeah, they are, because uh, really, they talk about how they don't have sex, and then she says oh, something about, um, which also includes blowjobs. And the one girl, jo- I don't know if she was joking or not, she, she's like, we can still harmonica it, though, right? <laughs> so, I don't know. What does that even mean? I think that's like, you wouldn't put it in your mouth, you just kind of go up and down. It, like, you know? slap your face with it? <laughs> a harmonica, you know how you play a harmonica? <laughs> like, just blow on the, yeah. on the tip of it. I don't- <laughs> No, that'd be a flute <laughs> or a fucking clarinet. Okay. Oh, up and down the shaft. I see what you're saying. <laughs> I think the flute would be more fun. <laughs> You'd be kneading it like fucking bread. Oh, my God. <laughs> or the clarinet. <laughs> Jesus. Trombone. There you go. So then you can. The old rusty trombone. <laughs> wow. Oh, shoot. That's fucking hilarious. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, Hallie is pledging to this sorority, and the girls clearly walk up. They want nothing to do with Hallie. They just want to make sure Hallie is bringing Sydney to their party tonight. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, shit. Okay, as the uh, Delta Lambda girls walk off, Sydney notices someone walking around the campus. She gets extremely excited, and I noticed that Derek looked a little concerned by how excited she got uh, Mm -hmm. when she saw Dewey. So, uh, obviously, I just ruined it. We saw Dewey walking around. He looks real confused. He looks rough. Like, he's... Well, I mean, he got stabbed in the back. Um that's you know it's been a year two years two it's years been a year <laughs> sydney runs up and hugs him um and they walk off together to talk scene four dewey and sid's talk sydney updates dewey on what's going on at the school we find out that um that she's in theater class and she has a new group of friends and she's got a new boyfriend dewey tells her that he's worried if the new killer um if there is a new killer he or she or them probably already are in her life at some uh, to some degree 
and uh, they they get off on that. So he's worried that, that whoever this new killer is is probably somebody she's already close with. Um, she asks him what she's supposed to do. He tells her to watch out and keep an, keep a close eye on everyone. Um, I said Sydney has definitely taken the spot as Dewey's little sister. So we know in, in Scream 1, Tatum was Dewey's sister. She obviously gets killed by Ghostface. Uh, if, I'm sorry it's, if you haven't seen Scream yet, but I mean, like, why would you watch yeah, Scream 2? Anyway, um, you could definitely tell that I didn't get a vibe where he liked her or she liked him anything more than I, I think he views her like as his little sister based off of everything. Well, they went through a traumatic event together. So yeah. No, yeah. I didn't see any kind of romantic anything. He's I agree. No. such a dork. I know. He's a huge dork, but I love Dewey. <laughs> I do too. He's like one of my favorite characters, yeah. and I just I like David Arquette. But I remember when she first like spotted him, he was just kind of like standing there yeah. by the trees, like, <laughs> like just looking so like I don't know. He's just so dorky. I think his um that performance inspired Mark Wahlberg's performance in The Happening. Oh, I had to. Have. That's how that fucker looks that entire. <laughs> he does just. It's the tree. It's the trees. It's the trees. It's the trees. <laughs> Fucking happening! What a terrible Hello, movie. Mikey, Mike. I love Mark too, but I'm sorry. Yeah. Dewey's walking with a limp, and his arms are his one arm is messed up to where again. In the first movie, he got stabbed in the back, and I think he talks about how it severed a nerve or something. Yep. Um, but he had, he walks with a limp, and I think it's his left arm that he like holds up. Kind of, it almost mm-hmm. looks like it's in a sling, but it's yeah. it's like it's how he holds it. Um. So they're done talking. Dewey walks off. Uh, Mickey tells him that the victim was stabbed seven times. Which I don't remember Maureen being stabbed seven times to you in the theater. I mean, it was Mm-mm. several, but I don't think it was that many. Uh, one thing I will note is that in this movie, the killer is much more violent, in my opinion, than in the first yeah. movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so the stabs are, are much more brutal. In the, to me, it seemed there was more of them. Anyway, as she turns around, Gail ambushes Sid with a makeshift interview with Cotton. Um, Sydney hits Gail again as she did in the first movie. She so says, "You bitch!" And slaps her. <laughs> 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 we needed Tatum there for the boom. Bitch goes down. Mm-hmm. Sid, super bitch. <laughs> uh, Cotton looks extremely surprised as he thought that he had a scheduled interview. Um, Hallie asks her, "Did you get that on film?" <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we kind of we kind of get a. We kind of get a little Tatum moment there, but uh, um, Gail storms off. She runs into Dewey. Dewey tells Gail she needs to leave Sydney alone. Gail tells him that she's just doing her job. Dewey tells uh, Gail uh, that she doesn't care who she hurts in the process. So clearly something happened between them. Because the way we kind of left the first movie, we kind of thought they were going to going to get together and clearly gail chose her career over Mm -hmm. deputy dewey threw him under that bus yes um (laughs) then he proceeds to list things that were mean about him that she wrote in her book um i think dewey's freaking hilarious Mm -hmm. like i don't know if he's meaning to be hilarious or if that's just like he's just a goof yeah he's just goofy goofy dude yeah i said he's definitely a doofus but uh he's hilarious he definitely adds comic relief into the movie Mm -hmm. um which i think is is one of my favorite things about these movies are that they are they are funny and scary Mm -hmm. uh gail apologized to dewey tell and uh what gail apologizes (laughs) and dewey tells her that he's that she's sorry um i don't know he just says he basically he says he misjudged her so again we know something happened there obviously he's probably still butthurt that she chose her career Good. One more thing. Nice streaks. Uh, and then walks away. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he says? Yeah. 
Nice. I mean, that's, I had to doubt it because it was funny. <laughs> mm. Now, in the first movie, he's 25, isn't he? Or 24? Something 25. like that. 25. Yeah. Okay. So he's 27. Still young. He looks a lot older than that, I think. Um, scene five, party time. So we cut to the sorority party. Hallie and Sid walk in. They're walking through the party. There's people watching. You can see Sydney's basically a celebrity. She's like walking through the party. Mm-hmm. Everybody's watching her as mm-hmm. she walks through. The Delta Lambda girls find her and immediately go right over to her. They're all about Sydney, and they really have nothing to do with Hallie, who's the actual one pledging, I think. Or maybe they're still trying to get Sydney to pledge. I can't remember. I think Hallie is pledging, and they're trying to get Sydney mm-hmm. to pledge also. Okay. Uh, we cut to another large sorority house, and this was Cece. Uh, Cece's there. This is the girl from the film um, film class earlier, and she's watching a movie. Do you remember what movie she's watching? Mm-mm. I don't either. It looked like a black and white movie. It was black and white, but I don't remember what it was. Um, she's watching a movie. That's her telephone ring. She gets a phone call, and or she's talking on the phone. Then she gets another phone call, so call waiting. You guys remember call waiting? Seth would have two different people <laughs> online all the time. Three-way. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't that cost extra money? Three-way calling? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway, um, this, it's Ghostface on the other line. She thinks it's her boyfriend, Ted. She's like, hey, you sound fucked up, Ted. You like to die today, Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> so she hangs up with her friend on the other line, uh, goes back to Ghostface. He tells her he's not Ted. She tells him that no one's home but her. And she's not there. Uh, she's not at the party because she is the sober sister. Wow, how great! So she has to go pick people up if they get drunk, basically. Which I have a note about that. Go ahead. In a minute, but okay. Well, I mean, like later we see the house is like across from the party. Not that far. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, what the hell? Is she the sober sister, but. Well, I wonder if not everybody was at that party, so maybe if they she did have to go pick somebody maybe. up. But yeah, yeah, I agree. Later, you can see where that house is, right where, right by where they were at. Yeah. Um, so they banner back and forth. Ghostface, um, Ghostface, Ghostface answers every question with another question because she kind of calls him out on it. It's something he did in the first movie too, but I don't mm. think anybody calls him out on it that I remember. Um, it looks like immediately she like calls him out on him. She, why do you answer a question with the question? Which I thought was was kind of cool. Um, and then he immediately asks her, "Do you want to die tonight, Cece?" <laughs> So she's obviously spooked. She gets up. She locks the door. Um, and then she hears something moving upstairs. Uh, of course, she goes to the steps and yells hello. So if somebody's after you, that's exactly what you want, what you want to do is you want to sh- basically yell and tell them right where you're at. Hey, girl. <laughs> we hear more <laughs> banging. Um, she says she's leaving and she walks out the front door. She, she tries to call um, campus security, but the phone won't work. So I don't know if like she was just out of range or out maybe. Out of range is what it Is like. that what it was? Yeah. I said she did the smart thing and actually went outside. Yeah, but the phone's fuzzy and she can't hear. She yeah. walks back in the house to try to get a better signal, but I don't think that she ever does. So I didn't know if there was like a jammer or like something making the frequency go bad. I wasn't sure. Um, but as she does, another sister walks out of a room behind her and scares the shit out of Jump her. Jump scare. So another sorority sister's there, probably the one that was moving shit around. The phone rings again, and her friend answers it. It's Ghostface. He lies and says he's dead, and she hands the phone back to Cece. Uh, as she does this, we actually see Ghostface run behind them from one room to another room. So we mm. know he's in the house. When she answers the phone, Ghostface says, you wish it was Ted. <laughs> Don't forget to set the alarm, which is what her friend just told her when she left. So now yeah. Cece knows that Ghostface is likely in the house or, I don't know, maybe heard over the phone, but 
We know he's in the house because mm-hmm. we saw him. We don't see him. Cece sets the alarm. She hears something in the other room fall down. She slowly walks toward the noise as we hear creaking all around her house. Like that, There's like creaking noises going on all over the place. She looks behind the door. No one's there. She walks through the doorway. The phone rings again. This time she picks up a wired phone from the hallway. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see that? Yep. Did you have one of those? Yeah. It was one of the clear ones that whenever it rang, mm-hmm. it like lit up different colors. My sister and I both had one. Hers was pink and mine was blue. Oh, really? When it rang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? They were cool at the time. So she picks up the phone. When she does, Ghostface jumps out of the closet. I think he's behind her and he tries to stab her. She runs from him and hits him with a lamp. She throws um, a fern at him. I thought that was funny. She like, grabs a plant and throws it at him. She keeps running up the steps. I said, this house must be five stories tall. There's all these fucking steps. Yeah. She gets to the very top, um, and she's like out on a balcony. He like pushes her through a window, and she lands up like out on a balcony. Mm-hmm. Um, as she's laying on the ground, he stabs her twice in the back, and then he throws her off the balcony. Yep. So we see her laying on the ground. Uh, she's on the concrete. She is dead. She's bleeding out everywhere. And Oh, and then the band Everclear comes on. How great. Good old Everclear. We cut back to the party that Sid is at. The Delta Lamb girls are trying to talk Sid into joining the group. Mickey walks up and tries to hit on Hallie. As Randy walks by, Mickey tries to argue more about movie theory with Randy. This guy. I love Mickey. You do like Mickey? I do. Yeah, he's kind of nerdy. I like him too. As Derek considers sitting on the step talking, the sorority girls come out and tell them that uh, the police are at another sorority house down the street. We see everyone rush out of the house and go towards CC, uh, go toward the house where CC was just killed. Has kind of a vibe from the end of Scream One, where they find out the principal was dead and hanging from the goalpost, and everybody leaves the party. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, we see Deb Salt talking to the cops as she walks away. Gail shows up, and Deb informs her that there was a single girl who died. Um. Dewey walks up to Gail and she tells him, uh, it's happening again, isn't it? It's happening again, isn't it, Dewey? He tells her that he bets she would love that. Hmm. Sid goes back into the house to get her jacket. As she does, the phone rings. She grabs her jacket and um, she begins to leave. And as she does, she walks by the phone but doesn't answer it. We see Derek out on the steps. Um, Sid answers the phone, and obviously it's, it's Ghostface on the phone. Hello, Sydney. Do you remember me? Hmm. Does he say I want you at Showtime? I didn't write down what he said. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. He asked her if she remembers him. She tells him to show his face, you fucking coward. This is why I love Sydney Prescott. She's always talking shit to Ghostface. As she says this, we hear Ghostface say, my pleasure, and he is standing behind her. So we don't hear it over the phone. We actually hear it in the room with her. Mm-hmm. And when she turns around, he's right behind her. The door's locked, and we see uh, that Derek can't get in because he was out on the porch. Uh, Ghostface thrusts his knife through the door right by Derek's head. So Derek's trying to get in the house, and maybe his aim's not that great. He was able to stab uh, Phil through the door, but he missed. Oh, that's true. Missed Derek. True. Sid runs through the house and gets out the back door. Derek runs up from uh, he runs up around or he runs up to her around the back of the house. Um, he rushes into the house to try to fight Ghostface. We hear a struggle and see blood on the door frame. Derek is on the ground with his arm cut. He's bleeding pretty bad. Dewey wraps it up and tells him to hold on to it. The camera pans out uh, to Sydney, who is teary-eyed, and you can tell she knows that the killer is back. So this is where I wrote that. I said two killers again, question mark. Do you think there's two? I did at this. Well, I had a question. Why at this point did you think there was two? 
I don't know. I said it reminds me of the first movie. I think mm. the whole chasing. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit suspicious of Derek at this point. Derek. Mm. Billy Loomis 2. Um, so at this point, you we were thinking Derek. Yes. What about you? Did you have any idea who you thought the killer was? I didn't have any idea yet. Or I thought it had something to it do with fresh. it. too fresh. Yeah. I didn't think he seemed like... I, I didn't think that about him. Did you guys remember who the killer was? Mm-mm. Oh, you didn't? No. Mm-mm. Hmm. Damn. I didn't have that luxury. Because I watch this movie every Tuesday, like Jessica said. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Scene six, back at the police station. Mickey walks out of an interrogation room and tells Hallie it was the easiest interrogation of his crime-filled life. Mickey sits down and talks to Sid. Uh, he tells her that she has friends and she's not alone, not to worry. And then he asks her, why would Derek try to play hero? Why did he go back inside that house? Mm-hmm. It's a great question. Mm-hmm. We cut to Derek. He's discussing uh, why he went back in the house with Dewey and the police chief. Uh, the doctor says that he didn't hit any nerves and that he was very lucky. Dewey tells him that it's very convenient that he got away so easily and he didn't hit any nerves. Hmm. I said, I'm pretty sure that Dewey suspects Derek at this point. But, I don't know. We cut to the next day, back at the police station. The police chief is putting the current victim's names up on a chalkboard as he talks to Dewey. Um, Gail's at the police station. She's listening to their conversation. So it's, it's almost like she's involved with this conversation. And I, I have an, a question. Would they really let a reporter into the police station to discuss the case? No, I no. don't think so. Maybe in this small Ohio hillbilly town. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, Especially not now. No. Um, so as they're putting the names on, of the victims up on the board, Gail asks if Cece is Cece's real name. The police chief says no, that her real name is actually Casey. Gail pieces together that all the current victims have the same names as the original Woodsboro victims of Billy and Stu. Casey Becker, Steve, which was Casey's boyfriend, and Maureen Prescott. So it was Maureen. So who was Phil? Was was his name Phil Stevens? In the first one? No, from the beginning. So Maureen and Phil got killed at the movie theater. Was his name? It had to do with Steve. I think his name, maybe his first name was Steve. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, the three victims thus far have the same names as the victims in the um, original Scream movie. It looks as if someone is trying to duplicate the Woodsboro murders. We cut to Sid and Derek walking around, and we see that there are two detectives following them around. So Sidney now has a uh, couple of detectives that are that are walking, walking with her, making sure uh, nobody attacks her. Sid tells Derek that she thinks uh, he should stay away from her. She doesn't want him to get hurt. Derek asks if she trusts him. She obviously cannot answer honestly, right? Well, she's correct. Well, (laughs) then I thought this was kind of ironic. He rubs her hair just like Billy did and screamed. Do you remember that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He does the exact same thing that Billy did when he touches her face, Um, which I think it, it... unnerved her as well because you could tell she did not like it but we cut back to the police station gail asked dewey if he'd like to uh, head over to the admissions to do some leg work is she making fun of him because he can't walk well oh i guess i didn't pick up on that <laughs> yeah i didn't pick up <laughs> but on that probably <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she was uh i mean that's it, like something you would do yeah so. probably is gail and dewey walk away from each other um <laughs> gail is again harassed by more reporters so she's just as um 
just as popular as Sydney at this point. But we cut to Mickey, Hallie, and Derek in the lunchroom, and Mickey asks if they have checked out Randy. He tells him that he seems a little off. Oh, God, the scene. Yeah. Hallie says that uh, Randy's harmless, and Mickey says that that's what they said about Dahmer. Sid walks up, and they joke about them uh, following her around, talking about the police. Derek looks like he's in deep thought. He starts singing to Sid and crawls up on the table and walks from table to table singing. The whole lunchroom starts clapping in unison as he's singing. What do you guys think of this scene? I hate it. It's kind of cheesy. I feel like it's super out of place. I thought it was very cheesy. Mm -hmm. Very, very cheesy. But I feel like up to this point, this movie really wants you to think that the killer's Derek. Yeah. Mm. Um, Yeah, I wasn't a big fan. I'm not a big fan, but it's fine. Um... Derek gives Sid his Greek letters, which uh, is apparently frowned upon. I don't know. I was never in a fraternity, but he does give her a necklace with his uh, fraternity letters on it, correct? Yes. It's tradition, somebody says. Hmm. And then they open mouth kiss is what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mickey says that. Doesn't he say that's a big no-no or something? Yeah, but then somebody said it's tradition, I thought. Because uh, I think Mickey says they're going to kick his ass for it or something. I'm not sure. I would have to imagine Mickey is not in a fraternity. Would you agree? I wouldn't Agreed. think so. Agreed, he looks much yeah. older. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Sid kisses him. Open mouth kiss, apparently. Open mouth kiss. And uh, the whole lunchroom gets very excited. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. So at this point, Seth's, Seth's all in on Derek. Jess doesn't know. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. Scene seven, Randy's new rules. Randy and Dewey are watching a TV, which is playing the preview from Stab. Tori Spelling is playing Sydney. I hate Tori Spelling. When she was relevant still. We we <laughs> talked about this earlier, but I thought it was hilarious, Luke Luke Wilson playing Billy. I um, can only think of him in Legally Blonde every time I see him. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I can think of him in old school. I do, too. But I like those movies. So. Um, yeah, so the hair. <laughs> Luke Wilson had the exact same hair as Billy, and it's like mm-hmm. with the hanging parted. <laughs> yeah, he's like stupid. That's <laughs> uh, so funny. Um, so Randy and uh, Dewey are bouncing around theories again. Are the police co- and I guess maybe is Dewey even technically involved in the case? Because he's, he's just, just like helping. So he's like Kay. letting Gail help. Now Randy's helping. Like okay, I don't know. It just seemed odd to me that they were in- including all these extra people, but. Uh, Randy and Dewey are bouncing theories around. Randy's got some new rules. Body counts are always bigger. Kills are bloodier and bigger. And then Dewey cuts him off on his third rule. I forget what the third rule was. Um, But Randy's always got the rules. I would say this movie definitely plays into that because there's more kills. And Mm -hmm. like I said, Ghostface just seems angrier. It's still weird they involve him. Randy? Yeah. Yeah, it's odd. Um, Randy says that Derek is a suspect based on the stab wound. Randy says that uh, he thinks uh, he thinks it's Mickey, the freaky Tarantino film student. But that would make Randy a suspect as well. So he said, let's move on. As Randy gives his theory on who the killer could be, um, he also says Hallie for some reason, which I thought was, was interesting. Um, yeah, I never suspected her. Dewey says that most serial killers are white males. Randy says that that's what makes it so great. And he rattles off killers who are not white males. Um, so I have a note to discuss something that I thought was cool was that the great thing about these movies is how much horror movie knowledge and history they bring into the films. Mm -hmm. Like even dating back to the first scene of the first movie where they're talking about, um, 
the uh, where they're talking about Friday the third, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween and the, like the game that he plays with her and, and they discuss you know kind of horror trivia. Um, they do that throughout this entire series, which I, I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. So. It is. Um, I mean, and, and again, like it pays homage not even just in the 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 um, script, but in like Billy Loomis, whose last name was Loomis, which is a throwback to Doctor Loomis mm-hmm. from Halloween. Halloween. So yeah, no, I think that's cool. Um, I think some people think it's cheesy, but hmm, fuck them. They can start their own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think at this point, I was thinking like Mickey. You're all in on Mickey? Yeah. yeah. See, I was thinking it was Derek and Mickey. Like, I mm. figured it was two, mm. but... Okay. At this point. Um, Randy then begins um, to talk about how the killer could be Gail Weathers. Randy asks Dewey, what's with that limp? You were stabbed in the back, man. I thought that was funny, because he says it severed a nerve. <laughs> uh, we cut to Gail and Theo. Is his name Theo, or is it Joel? Uh, Joel. I'm it's pretty Joel. sure it's, it's Joel. Joel. It's not right. Theo. <laughs> Okay. Where did Theo this is the Cosby from? show. I told you I screwed this up. So we cut to Gail and her cameraman. Uh, they're arguing outside the van about uh, the last cameraman she had because her last cameraman got fucking annihilated. Oh, yeah. Scream. And I think maybe uh, J- Joel read her book and then he finds out that oh shit, this is, I don't I don't want to be fucking gutted. Yeah, but didn't he say something like he was gutted and Gail goes, oh no, he was his throat was slit or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Scene eight, Sid, the star of the show. We cut to Sid talking to her theater professor about dropping out of the play she's working on. He talks her into staying in the play and tells her that no one can avoid their fate. But as an artist, you can face it and fight it. Ooh. This is a weird scene. Mm. Very. Did you? Uh, did your professors at your art school have those kind of talks with you, Seth? No. Mm, but I remember. <laughs> like, but I'm surprised they're rehearsing with all this crap going on. Yeah, I would think that the college probably would have shut down more uh, than than this one did. But uh, yeah, we wouldn't have much of a movie if they did, right? That's true. Right. The, they do a run through of the play. We see a bunch of druids dancing with robes and masks on. They're moving around Sydney, who's dressed in all red, kneeling on the ground as she stands up. She says her lines as she stands in between all the druids. She walks around the stage as the druids turn around. A druid is hung on a board from the ceiling. The druids start attacking Sydney. Um, which is this is all part of the play. They're not actually attacking her. So she runs around the stage as she's one of the she sees one of the druid masks is replaced by a ghost face mask. So ghost face mm-hmm. is dressed up like a druid. She runs into ghost face and falls down screaming. All the druids pull their masks off and we see that they are looking at her like she's batshit crazy. Well, that's bitch crazy. <laughs> so she gets up and <laughs> runs out the back of the stage. Um, so you, Jess, you thought this was weird. You didn't like it? No. No. Why it not? Was, well, I just, I didn't like the whole theater part of it anyways. Mm. I don't know. I'm not sure what play this is. Um, I'm not sure either. It was strange and Just kind of bad. weird. Yeah. <laughs> In my opinion, we could have done without it. Yeah. Because this movie was already two hours long. Which I thought was a little too long, honestly. Yeah. Um, so, like, the scene in the lunchroom, for me, could have been cut. Mm-hmm. This scene probably could have been cut. Because um, I like my horror movies around an hour and a half. That's yeah. my... Yeah, I think it's a good number. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, she runs out the back of the stage, sits in the back of the theater, and Derek walks in and tells her that uh, he that her escort has arrived. Apparently, Mickey was supposed to be her escort, correct? I think so, yeah. Because he tells her he switched places with Mickey because Mickey had to do some film editing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Seems kind of weird. 
she? Well, she definitely thinks something's up with Derek because she asks him how long he's been there and tells him that um, he needs to he needs to uh, keep his distance. Derek is clearly upset. Shit. Big D. See, I said he suspiciously takes it okay. Like, he just kind of walks out, doesn't he? No, I thought he got upset. I, I still wasn't really getting that suspicious vibe as yeah. much. Maybe just because I, I don't like him so much. That yeah. Like, it has to be him. The character or the actor? Both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. You guys ready for this? Mm-hmm. Scene nine. Oh, sweet Randy. Mm. I know. <sighs> Gail's discussing theories with Dewey and Randy. They're sitting around in like, what, what would you call this area? Like the commons area? I called it the quad. The quad. The quad. There yeah. you go. Okay. Um, so they're discussing all of the deaths that happened in Woodsboro, trying to um, basically connect the dots and try to figure out what the pattern is going to be to possibly maybe figure out who's going to die next, I guess. Um, Gail and Dewey continue to argue as the phone rings. Randy answers Gail's phone. Um, and Ghostface is on it. So Randy answers Gail's phone because Gail kept getting phone calls and interrupting their conversation. So he picked it up that time. Uh, and anyway, it's Ghostface on the phone. They all stand up and look around. Gail and Dewey leave Randy to talk to Ghostface as they run around and look for Ghostface. So they're looking for somebody in the quad area that is, is on the phone. So they're running up to people on the phone, grabbing their phones out of their hands. Um, Would you be more pissed if someone did that to you? Um, I wouldn't be happy. I would hope that they would explain what the fuck was going on, though. But <laughs> but they don't. They're just like no. Yeah. And yeah. nobody got overly like aggressive with them. Like I mm-hmm. feel like if you did that, somebody tried to fight you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. What was that? Oh, it is Joel. By the way, I did. This is where I finally wrote it down. It's Joel. Joel. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um. He asked, Ghostface asked Randy what his favorite scary movie is. They banter back and forth. Um, there's guys passing a football and runs into Randy. Ghostface says, too slow, geek. So clearly this person is able to see them. Right. Um, and during this whole thing, Gail and Dewey are still running around taking people's phones out of their hands, <laughs> um, not finding the correct person. Um, so I, f- I think when uh, Ghostface calls Randy a geek, that's when Randy gets kind of pissed, and uh, he he turns into kind of a, a hard ass. And uh, so Randy tells Ghostface that Billy and Stu were uh, were much more original than this new killer. Again, we cut back to Dewey and and um, Gail. They're grabbing. I forget how many people's phones they grabbed, but it was quite a few. Yeah, it was like four or five. Um, and they end up behind this weird brick wall. Um, but anyway. Back to Randy and, and Ghostface. Uh, Ghostface tells him that he'll never be the leading man. He'll never be the hero. As he sees someone walking by with a phone, Randy runs up to him um, and grabs the phone. But he's like right by Gail's van. Um, what's the? It, it was a. It was like a taller dude, wasn't it? It was like an, an older man. Yeah. Yeah, but obviously not not the killer. And then he says, "Wrong guy, dead boy." <laughs> 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 that's what you would say if you were the dead the killer. Boy. Dead boy. Wrong guy, dead boy. Yeah, so he, he clearly that he can see him, right? So Randy asks Ghostface uh where the innovation is. Why copycat two loser ass high school dickheads? Stu was a loser ass wet rag and Billy Loomis. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Billy Loomis, what a rat looking homo repressed mama's boy. Why not set your goals higher? Manson, Bundy, OJ. And as he says OJ, the door to the van slides open. And Ghostface grabs Randy by the neck and pulls him into the van. 
We can see uh, that he's slammed up against the window of the van. It breaks, and then he stabs him four times. Um, and then we see Ghostface get out of the van, and we see blood just draining out from this this van door. Right. Mm-hmm. Cut back to Gail and Dewey looking for Randy. They notice that the van door window is broken. Dewey slides the door open, and Randy's laying in the <sighs> van dead. Covered in blood, his eyes are open, and if you notice, his throat is actually slit. Mm-hmm. Wow. He got fucked up. Fucked up in the van. What do you guys think of this scene? Oh, this was a good scene. This play my. It was a good kill. One yeah. of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Because of the cutting back and forth between Gale and Dewey and then Randy. You know. It's well, very like, what's happening next? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that... Um, <laughs> Well, a few questions. One, do you think that this was supposed to be Gail's turn to die? I think it could have been a good chance for her to die, yeah. Because he called her phone, not yeah. right. Randy just happened to answer it. Yeah, I think that's probably who he was targeting. Then he was like, oh, right. well, might as well get this one out of the way. Well, and the other <laughs> thing about this scene is you can see the progression in the conversation because it kind of starts off like all the other ones do where they're what's your favorite scary movie? Mm. And I think he says showgirls. So they're like yeah. bantering mm. back and forth. Yeah. But the moment that Ghostface calls him a geek and then tells him he's never going to be the leading man, Randy gets pissed mm-hmm. and starts going right back at this guy. And you can tell when Ghostface pulls him into the van and as he's stabbing him, he's pissed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like this was like a hate, <laughs> a hate death. Whereas I don't know that the other ones felt that way. A yeah. hate stab. Yeah, he like he was he was fucking Randy yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's probably one of it might be one of my favorite kills of the whole, the the all the movies as a whole. But yeah, it's I love that progression from it starts off all like lighthearted and maybe probably wasn't even supposed to be Randy talking to Ghostface to <laughs> when he kills him he yeah. just like annihilates him. Which, I mean, we'll, we could talk more about that later because there's a specific reason they were so angry. But scene 10, secret IMs with Sydney. Sid. Sydney's in the library working on a computer. She receives an IM from someone else in the library. The guy next to her tells her that all the terminals are connected, so the person who is reaching out to her must be in the library as well. The message says, you're going to die tonight. The police can't help you. Her police entourage escort her away from the computer as they look for the person. Uh, Cotton Weary sneaks up behind her. Very odd. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Cotton Weary is the uh, gentleman from the beginning of the movie where she was um, kind of bum-rushed with an interview with him. He's the one that she wrongfully accuses her mother's murderer. Um, Which he's kind of creepy. He's very creepy. He is. He is really creepy. Like I never really suspected him. He's just creepy. Mm-hmm. He asks her if he can have a minute with her. Cotton tells her that Diane Sawyer called him directly, and if they went on the show together, they could have an entire hour, $10,000 each, to go on for just one show. He's really aggressive with her, if you notice. He's, like, touching yeah. her face, yeah. and he's, like, knocking on her head. And um, at one point, I think he has her pushed up against a wall, doesn't he? Yeah, he gets yeah. kind of threatening. Yeah, and so I have a note. Is he just able to walk around campus? Like, uh, that... Yeah. He, I don't know. Like, how's this guy just able to walk right into the campus library? I don't think that that would actually be allowed. Yeah, I agree. I don't know, because on a college campus, at least, it's not like they checked you when you went in. They're kind of pretty open. Right, but, like, there's, like, a murder investigation going on. Well, yeah, I mean. And this guy's, like, clearly connected to the original stuff. I don't know. I just thought it was weird that they were just allowing people to 
walk around. No, I don't think so either. Um, but it is odd. So Sydney tells them that they need to get on with their lives, and uh, everyone already knows the truth. There's no reason to know that do another interview. Clearly, Cotton wants money. Is what he's after. Cotton gets very upset. Uh, he starts to pressure her more. She tries to get uh, get by him, and he grabs her arm very, uh, I don't want to say violently, but he definitely <laughs> grabs her yeah. arm pretty hard. Yeah. They walk back into the library, and as she yells at her, or as he starts to yell at her, the police run up and grab him and arrest him. We cut scene to uh, Cotton talking to the police in a room while Sydney talks to Dewey in the other room. Um, they're all clearly upset about Randy, rightfully so. Sid tells Dewey to stop treating her like she's glass. She's not going to break. <sighs> Poor Randy. They really ruined my night. I watched the movie up to that Randy death scene and had to turn it off and watch the rest of it the next day because I was so upset. upset. Wow. You had to like, go take a beat. I was like, God <laughs> damn it, Randy. <laughs> but he does make an appearance in Scream 3, so all's not lost. In the other room, Cotton is getting extremely upset with the police, telling him that he is innocent. The chief comes out and tells Dewey that they're going to let him go because they don't have anything on him. Gail and Cotton have an odd exchange where Gail tells him not to do anything stupid. He tells her that she was so instrumental in his freedom. She's not having character doubts now, are you, Gail? Hmm. Trouble in paradise. Cotton leans over Sid on his way out and tells her if she changed her mind and leaves his card. This guy's passing out cards left and right in this movie. Yep. Um, Dewey is talking, uh, or no, Dewey's going to take Sid somewhere safe. The chief tells them, um, there will be a campus lockdown this evening. About damn time. Right. I agree. <laughs> um, so they leave. Gail walks out of the police station and is bombarded by reporters again. Deb Salt starts talking to her. Gail gets, uh, super shitty with her and calls her the local woman. Oh, Jackie. <laughs> and that she needs Jackie. to give her a rest. Yes, Jackie. So Gail does not like this lady. Um, Gail, uh, Gail's cameraman Joel walks up and tells her he quits, and he gives her uh, he gives her like their footage they've already filmed, and then he gets in a cab. So I have I have a note here. Is this the only smart guy in the entire yes. movie? Yes. Like if this was happening, why wouldn't these people just leave? I know. And I was like waiting for something to happen to him as we see him like <laughs> in the background getting the cab. Right. I'm like oh well, he just got away. Like Final Destination <laughs> yeah. style. Like a tr- I don't know what I was <laughs> okay. waiting for, but. Bus drives by and hits him. <laughs> yeah, he's the only smart one. Dewey walks by Gail and she tells him that she feels bad and she never feels bad about anything, but she does feel bad now. Dewey asks her if this is just another brilliant Gail Weathers performance. <laughs> Fucking he love Dewey. Uh, but Joel getting away goes back to your stereotype thing. Mm, that's true. Yeah. What? About. Um, that black people never make it out of the horror movies uh, alive. Because like, isn't in the third one or where there was like, oh, the brother always gets it first or is that in one that's, of the... No, that's the third one. That yeah, okay. that's in Scream 3. So maybe this is like a hint at that too. Yeah, and this guy's like, fuck you guys, I'm out of here. He only, got away. Only smart guy in the movie in my opinion. Um, fuck this, I'm out. What's yeah. his friend in Get Out? What is his friend's name? Rod? Rod, yeah. He's kind of like the rod. He's basically of, the rod of the movie. Yeah. I think there's a couple. Of, there's him and Dewey, definitely. Yeah. And yeah. Randy. Yeah. Well, rest in peace, Randy. R.I.P. You fucker, you. Really, it's like, so I'm actually getting sad thinking about it. Um, Stop thinking about it. I Let know. his ego get in the way, and well. Yeah. yeah. I know. Anyway, okay, so uh, he did. He definitely did. Um, so Gail's basically opening up to Dewey, saying that she actually does feel bad. 
And he asks her, is, it, is this just another brilliant Gail Weathers performance? She says, no, I just want to find the fucker. Yeah, and Gail right says fuck a lot in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. She's like the primary cursor in the movie, which is great. Find this fucker. <laughs> <laughs> they have a long stare at each other, and he walks over to her and picks up her bag of crowd footage that Joel had left. Gail believes that if the killer is watching every minute, then he'll likely be on the tapes and, the crime, and at the crime scenes. Dewey gets really excited. He's like, yes, we're totally going to bang. Totally going to have sexual relations. <laughs> Poor Dewey. But with a screwed up nerve, he can just lay there. He can't do anything. I don't know. I bet he can do work. <laughs> Doing work. Scene 11, Gail and Dewey to the dubbing room. Gail and Dewey run through a hall in the high school looking for editing rooms um, in the theater building. They find an open classroom with the VCR to watch the tapes that Joel had shot. Gail drops the tape. They both bend down to pick it up. They bump heads. As she hands him the tape, they touch hands and have a moment. Oh, So cute. They review the tape and fast forward. And they're looking for, um, they're looking through all the footage. There's a funny scene where Dewey is talking mad shit to Gail that Joel got on tape <laughs> um, about how cold hearted she is. So Gail apologizes to Dewey and tells him that she never meant to hurt him. They kiss and start making out. He like lays her down on a table. He's about to go to work. Right in the middle of this like classroom. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He's gonna he's gonna do it right there. And then suddenly, while Dewey is groping her breast, another TV turns on in the same room, and there is a footage playing from the killer's point of view. Then all of a sudden, the TV shows uh, their backs. So it's it's somebody's videotaping Dewey and Gail banging. They turn around and see Ghostface in the projector room. <laughs> By the time Dewey limps up the steps, Ghostface is gone. Suddenly, Ghostface is directly behind Gail and tries to stab her. Gail hits him in the face with a phone as Dewey trips and falls down the steps. <laughs> oh, Dewey. Gail gets out of the room and runs down the hall looking for an open door. She finally finds one and goes inside. She locks the door, turns on the light, and begins walking around the room. She's in what appears to be a musical studio room with mixers and soundproofing as she's walking... Um, by one of the big windows, you can see Ghostface through a glass window. He comes in the room she's in, and he walks around looking for her. She hides behind some soundproofing in what looks like an audio booth. So we can see her, and behind her are all these um, like foam walls and like these mm -hmm. padding things. It's for sound dampening, I would imagine, for audio vocals. Um, but you can see him, and I, I feel like he knows where she's at because he's like looking around and like every time he looks he's like looking where she's at but I, maybe he didn't i kind of thought he was messing with her mm. do you think he like directed her to that room since like everything was locked but that one maybe i don't know just a thought possibly um as she's moving around we can see the ghost faces from different angles and I, again i said watching her so i feel like he knows where she's at but um she makes it to a utility closet but the door won't lock she hides behind a rack of films and Dewey walks into the original room that Ghostface was in when we first saw him, and he can see Gail through the glass. So Dewey can see Gail leaning behind that um, rack through the glass, but she's not looking her backs to him, I believe. Yep. Um, so he starts pounding on the glass, but she can't hear him because obviously this is a soundproof room. Ghostface runs up behind Dewey and stabs him in the back again. God, Dewey. This poor dude. Blood's coming out of his mouth as he's pushed up against the glass, and Gail can do nothing but sit and watch. At this point, she realizes what's going on, so she had turned around, and she saw Dewey. Like, He only stabs him once, though, I think. Yeah, and he like, slides down the window. Ghostface sees Gail and tries to go back into the room to get her. She knocks a rack over to block the door. Ghostface goes back to the glass room and starts trying to break the glass uh, window with chairs, and then he's trying to hit the glass. 
Um, Gail leans down behind a desk. As she does so, Ghostface is gone. I think they make fun of this in one of the scary movies, don't they? The scene. Where he's trying to throw a chair. Yes. And it's like not breaking. <laughs> well, it bounces back and hits him, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I yeah, I think so. It like yeah. bounces off the glass <laughs> and hits him. Dude, how does Dewey gets fucked up in these movies? It does. Gosh, I guess he thinks Gail is hero. worth it. Yeah. He's our hero. He is. Deputy Dewey. He's a good guy. He he yeah. literally is putting his life on the line for fucking Gail. He wants Gail. They're in love. He wants to see if uh, she's got streaks down below. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Do they mm-hmm. match? We don't know. Oh, Dewey knows. <laughs> <laughs> scene 12. Bye-bye, Sydney and Derek Christ, superstar. Cut scene to Sydney being snuck out of the bottom of her building by police officers. Derek is outside um, waiting, which I thought was odd. Hallie gets in the car as Sid's talking to Derek outside of the car. He tells her that... Uh, when this is all over, he'll still be here. She kisses him and gets in the car. They drive away. Behind Derek, we see a druid dressed in a costume. Same druids from earlier from the play. They grab yeah. him. It's um, We find out it's the fraternity brothers, and they carry him off to a party. So they're like now partying in this theater room that they yeah. were that Sydney was practicing in earlier. So uh, they have Derek. It's like a hazing thing, right? Yeah, they have him tied up to that board that had come down from the ceiling mm-hmm. earlier that the druids had been on. Um, and they're like pouring beer on him, and and he's clearly not into it. He's like yelling for Sydney, and I don't know. It was, it was kind of weird. To me, it was them trying to really make us feel like he wasn't the killer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So in my opinion, this is another scene that that could have possibly been cut from it, right? Yeah, it was. I didn't even make that many notes about yeah. it. Okay. There were a lot of those. This movie was long. It was really long. Um, Cut scene back to Sydney and Hallie in the car. They stop at a stoplight, and there's some dumb dialogue back and forth. All of a sudden, the ghost face punches through the glass and kills the cop driving the car. Mm -hmm. Then he somehow pulls the second officer out and stabs him and throws him over the hood. Uh, Ghostface gets in the car in the driver's seat, and the officer that was outside stands up and says, Get out of the car, you fucker. Yeah. <laughs> Ghostface rams into him with the car and continues to drive recklessly through some road construction. He runs straight into some barriers and a large uh, piece of metal falls and smashes the cop's head. This was disgusting. Yeah, it was like a piece of rebar, you know, like you put in concrete. Mm-hmm. So the car like runs into some road construction. Yeah, that rebar falls mm-hmm. down and just crushes the cop's head on the hood. I it went that, like through his head, didn't it? Yeah, it was gross. Cause I think disgusting. doesn't it stick through the windshield? Yeah, it goes through his head into the winch into the window. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Final destination style. Yeah. It really is. It's the final destination. It, Shit. It really is. Uh, <laughs> Sid and Hallie are shaking in the back, but they are awake. They did not get knocked out. They see the cops dead and notice that Ghostface is still in the driver's seat but unconscious. The back doors are locked, obviously, because they're in a cop car, so they can't get out. Sid notices that the uh, grate blocking them in the back seat um, has that pipe through it that we were talking about that went through that cop's head, I believe. Mm-hmm. So Sydney's actually able to pull that grate down, pull it back, kind of peel it down. and um, Like an orange. Yes, just like <laughs> an orange. <laughs> like an orange. <laughs> so she climbs up in the front seat where Ghostface is at. Um, the passenger side door won't open because it's jammed up against a wall. So Sid climbs over top of Ghostface, and we can hear him breathing slowly. I she, think if I were her, I just would like punch him in the balls, like just to make sure he's incapacitated. I would look for his knife if I it would were do me. something like. Um, 
But anyway, yeah. she goes to take off his mask, and as she grabs it, she accidentally hits the horn and it honks. Did this scare the shit out of you? No, it didn't, actually. Oh, uh, it didn't? Uh, so I she's had, like, go ahead. I just said I had jump scare. Jump scare Seth. <laughs> bitch hit the horn. So yeah, at this point it scares her. So she reaches across him and, and uh, the door won't open. So she's got to climb out the window. This is a, a clusterfuck of epic proportion here. So she climbs out the window over top of Ghostface. As she does, uh, she gets out of the car, but she's not able to open Hallie's door in the back, even from outside. So now Hallie has to climb across Ghostface. Um, I love this scene. I thought there was a ton of tension. Like with Hallie? Just even with Sydney, like, okay, so this guy, is he really unconscious? You can't see his well, face. You're yeah. waiting for any minute for him to jump up or something. And he's so quick. He is. He's very fast. And you know he's got a knife, which I thought was weird she didn't look for the knife. Because um, if she did find the knife, she could have killed the person, right? Yeah. Doesn't um, she, like, attempt to take the mask off and then doesn't? Yeah, because she reason? honks the horn. Okay, that's when that happens. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I still would have taken the mask off. I sort of ripped it off real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ghostface, he's still unconscious. Uh, Hallie has to climb into the front seat and over top of him. Uh, and, again, they still don't take the mask off. They start to run away, and then Sid stops and tells Hallie that she wants to know who it is, and she's going to go back to find out. Sydney goes back to the car to see who the killer is, and as she walks up to the car, we see that Ghostface is gone from inside the car. Sydney yells back to Hallie and tells her... Uh, that he's gone. As she does, Ghostface jumps out from behind Hallie and stabs her in the chest, killing her. Mm. Yeah. Ghostface runs after Sid, but stops as the camera pans back on his mask. I like that scene a lot. One of my favorite scenes in the movie. That's a on the edge of your seat type Poor scene. Sid. Yeah. Well, it's like w- Sydney. Okay, I'm like she's gonna get through. She's gonna get over. Like mm. they're not gonna kill Sydney in this movie, but Hallie. Like when the door doesn't open, I'm like, oh, she's gonna, she's definitely gonna mm. die. But then she does make it out. So no, I thought it was cool. Um, scene thirteen, Cotton fucking weary. We go back to Gail in the theater room or in the theater building, coming out of a door. She does. She's met by Cotton, who has blood all over his hands. He tells her that he found Dewey and tries to, and but tried to help him. Gail runs away and out the front door. As she does, she finds Deb Salt on the payphone, phoning in her story. Jackie. Yes, Jackie. <laughs> Gail steals the phone from Deb and screams that the killer is cotton fucking weary. Hmm. Why is this Deb salt bitch always around? I don't know. That's why I said it's suspicious. Super suspicious. Like, why is she there? She <laughs> plays a lot of annoying characters like that too. Mm-hmm. I notice. She's really good. I don't want to ruin anything, but I don't really care. She's really good at like over the top. Um, over the top acting I think mm-hmm. like she's really weird even in Roseanne she's like fucking weird yeah. but she's yeah. good at it. so I wonder if the actress is just weird Metcalf that's her last Probably. name Lori Metcalf Lori Metcalf I knew it'd come to me an hour and a half later mm-hmm. <laughs> scene 14 all the world's a stage we cut back to the theater room and we see that someone's turned on the sound and lights for the stage that the kids were previously partying on we cut to Sydney running into the building. I say, why did she come back here? <laughs> of I all know. the places like, to all, go. I said, Sid, for whatever reason, goes to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Find Derek. Well, I guess she wasn't She's looking for the teacher, yeah. right? She does. She runs in and yells for the teacher, but uh, yeah. She walks down to the stage. She's yelling for Gus, who's the professor. She walks up on the stage, and the music stops, and the spotlight turns on. 
The backdrop behind her comes down, and as she tries to run off the stage, the walls drop, and it blocks her onto the stage. As she walks back out to the center of the stage, the lights turn off, and the board drops with Derek strapped to it, which we saw him earlier, right? He, uh, he has one of the druid masks on. When Sid takes it off, he has duct tape on his mouth. He tells her, thank God you found it. Uh, thank God you found me. He thought that uh, he would be up there until opening night. Sid tries to take the rope off that is tying him to the board, but is having a lot of problems. She, she wasn't a Boy Scout. No. She tells Derek that the killer had, uh, that the killer had killed Hallie. He asks her where the killer is, and we hear from behind them Ghostface voice, and he says, right here, and walks up onto the stage behind them. You're fast, Sid. Do you really want to trust your boyfriend? <laughs> Don't you know history repeats itself? As he says this, uh, he lowers the Ghostface voice box. So Ghostface uses a voice box um, in all these movies, and... and I thought this was cool because you can hear him start to talk as Ghostface, and then he slowly moves the voice box down, and then we find out that underneath the mask was... Anybody? Derek. No, I thought you were... No. <laughs> no. Just kidding. No, it's not. Hold on. I'm in the wrong place. Oh, shit, Seth. It's Mickey, isn't it? It's it Mickey. is. Yeah, it Mickey. is. He lowers... <laughs> he lowers the voice box, and we can hear that it is Mickey's voice. Ghostface removes his mask, and underneath is indeed Mickey. Mickey's face is beat up from the car wreck, so clearly he was the one that was in the car uh, when it wrecked, and they had to climb over him. So Mickey tells her that since Derek disappeared on him, he's been on his own all night. He tells Sid that he had he had to have a partner. He couldn't have done all this alone. Derek tells Sid that he's lying and that she has to untie him. Uh, I have a note. I said, Mickey's really great in this scene. He's acting insane, and I really like how he channels his inner Billy Loomis. Mm -hmm. Like, he's really acting like Billy. He's acting just like him, yeah. Yeah. Timothy Oliphant does a great job in this movie as Mickey. Um, Derek tells Mickey that he's going to fucking kill him, and that he is dead. As he yells at Mickey, Mickey pulls out a gun and shoots Derek in the chest. As Derek is dying, he tells Sid that he would never hurt her. Mickey walks up and tells Sid that she needs to work on her trust issues. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Derek was the perfect boy, one that you'd bring home to mom if you had a mom. <laughs> Fuck, <man>. Wow. <laughs> oh, it's so great. Sydney takes so much verbal abuse. She yeah. does. But she's such a badass. Girl. Uh, just wait. Sydney <laughs> tells him, Fuck you. And Mickey tells her she's so vulgar and asks if Billy let her talk to him that way. She tells Mickey, or Sid tells Mickey that Billy was a sick fuck, just like him. Mickey says that Billy was a sick fuck who tried to get away with it. Mickey is a sick fuck who wants to get caught. He's going to blame the movies. He wants to go to trial because these days it's all about the trial. There isn't going to be a trial. Well, he uh, <laughs> he kind of, then he kind of starts acting like Stu. He's he's like a perfect combination of Billy and Stu, in my opinion. He's just acting like a crazy person. Yeah. Um, as Mickey's talking about his plan, Sid pulls Derek's necklace out of her pocket. Mickey says, Billy Loomis had one thing right. It's all about the execution. Sidney says, well, you're forgetting one thing about Billy Loomis. Mickey leans in and says, oh, what's that? Sidney says, I fucking killed him. And she slaps him in the face with her necklace. Does it cut his face? I don't remember. I thought it did. Because he, he drops the gun. So clearly it fucking hurt. But yeah. he, he drops yeah. the gun. Sidney runs away. Um... And he's chasing her. They scramble for the gun, but Mickey gets it first. 
As they're talking, Derek has risen to the ceiling. Mickey gets excited and tells her that he has a surprise cameo just for her. He does have a partner. Oh, Mickey. <laughs> As he says this, Gail walks out from behind the, the backstage area, followed by Deb Salt, the hometown reporter, and she's pointing a gun at Gail. Fucking Jackie, dude. <laughs> Sydney looks at Deb and says, Mrs. Loomis? Mickey announces dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Mickey announces that she is Billy's mother. What a twist. He says that for the <laughs> record. That wasn't me saying he says that. Okay, so I have a question. Did did Sydney and Deb Salt not interact at all before this part? That's what I wrote down. I'm not I sure. Was like I guess she never saw her, but it seemed like she would, would have. have. Yeah, like in those open scenes where they're all like outside. Yeah. That's what I thought. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Mickey says that they met on the internet. He had to have financing because tuition is very expensive. Deb, a.k.a. Mrs. Loomis, tells Sydney that there are only 97 active serial killers in the country. Mickey was quite a fine. Definitely on the way up. All he needed was a little guidance and nurturing. So, our two killers... Mickey, the film student, and Mrs. Loomis, Billy Loomis's mother from the first movie. So you're right, Seth. There were two killers. Mm -hmm. Deb tells Mickey that there will not be a trial and shoots him multiple times in the chest. Poor fucking Mickey, huh? Yeah, he was thought he was going places. Mm. <laughs> as she does, Gail tries to run away, and Mickey shoots her as he fall as she falls off the stage. Um, so Mickey got shot by Mrs. Loomis, but as he's dying. Um, Gail tries to run away, and then freaking Mickey shoots Gail, and she falls off the stage. Poor Gail. That's kind of a comical moment when she fell mm -hmm. off. I don't know why. <laughs> Just the... Mrs. Loomis tells Sid that Mickey was crazy, and his motive was never going to work. She didn't have that motive. Her motive is just good old-fashioned revenge. But did you catch where she said, my motive isn't as 90s as Mickey's? Oh, is that what she <laughs> <Yeah>. says? <laughs> I missed that. Then she said, it's good old-fashioned revenge. <laughs> she says, you killed my son, and now I will kill you. And I can't think of anything more rational. Sid tells her that she'll never get away with it. Mrs. Loomis tells her that everything is traced back to Mickey and not her. Sid tells her that she's as crazy as her son was. Mrs. Loomis clearly upset, asked if that was a negative remark about her son. I said, this is clearly a trigger point for her. Mm. She tells Sid that Randy spoke poorly of Billy, and she got a little knife happy with Randy. She tells her that her mother is to blame. She stole her husband and her family. Sid tells her that she left Billy and abandoned him. As Deb continues to point the gun at Sidney, she says, isn't Mickey supposed to be dead? Mrs. Loomis, clearly startled, turns around looking for Mickey. Um, Mickey is, is dead, people. Or is he? I don't know. Hmm. Mm. Sid grabs a bottle. I think it's from the party earlier, but she grabs a beer bottle and hits, uh, hits Mrs. Loomis in the back of the head. This gives her enough time to get through the door, and um, this is the door that Gail had originally came through earlier. So it leads to the back of the stage. As she does, Mrs. Loomis shoots the door, not hitting Sid, missing Sid, but she is shooting a gun through the freaking door. She continues to shoot through the wall and then pounds on the door. She's like going crazy. Yeah, she's lost her shit. Lost her shit. Her plan's falling apart. That's true. Sid runs over and breaks an axe out of the glass case. This scene was very cool. So Sydney sees an axe in like a fire alarm case where if she runs over, she breaks it, gets the axe out. Mrs. Loomis watches her through a bullet hole in the door as Sydney looks over and smiles at her. Did you guys notice that? Mm -hmm. And then she starts cutting, she starts cutting ropes that are uh, dropping props down onto the stage where Mrs. Loomis is at. Um, 
I asked, so I I think that is paying homage to Psycho, don't you? That scene where you all you oh, see the is peephole? yes, so all you see oh, is Mrs. Mrs. Loomis's eye yeah. through that hole. But mm-hmm. it, then Psycho, that's yep. yeah, yeah, the okay. same thing. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Um, I also thought it was an awesome shot. Just whenever you see Sydney, like look over and smile at her, yeah. which was to me with the axe was very Shining esque. So again, mm-hmm. I think that it's paying homage to those two movies. That one small scene. And again, not to suck this movie's dick anymore, but that's why I love these <laughs> movies. Um, so as Mrs. Loomis runs around the stage, she's able to look through a grate in the wall and shoot at Sydney. Sydney continues to cut the ropes, holding uh, that we're holding the props and the lights up. They're falling on the stage where Mrs. Loomis is at. She tries to climb one of the stone walls and it crashes down on top of her. Um, and then she's buried in all these rocks. But wouldn't these be like styrofoam rocks? These yes. wouldn't really be rocks. No, they okay. wouldn't like be that heavy. Okay. Um, Sid turns off the lighting and tries to run down the hall um, out the back, but Mrs. Loomis jumps through the wall with a knife and chases Sid out uh, out to the stage. So now they're back on the stage. They tussle, and Mrs. Loomis pins Sid on a boulder and is about to stab her in the face. All of a sudden, we hear a gun go off, and we see Cotton Weary uh, running up on the stage with a gun. Mrs. Loomis grabs Sid and picks her up, putting the knife to her throat. Showdown. Whoa. Cotton says he's had a really bad fucking day and wants to know what is going on. <laughs> Sid says, Cotton, meet Mrs. Loomis. As Cotton is pointing the gun at them, they circle around the stage and he kicks um, feet underneath some underneath the fallen rock. Sid's, uh, Sid tells him that that is the other killer who happens to be Mickey. So Mickey's covered by the rocks. Uh, taking it all in, Cotton tells Sidney to shut up. <laughs> okay. He says, uh, hi, you're Deb Salt, aren't you? Mrs. Loomis tells him that she uh, that she can help him, and um, he should let her kill Sid. He'll never be the lead story so long as Sidney is alive. If Sid is dead, he'll be the only survivor. He'll be the star. She then yells, um, she, <laughs> she sent you to prison for a year. Personally, I think it's rather poetic. <laughs> so Deb Salt, Mrs. Loomis, she's kind, of, uh, she's kind of good at playing people against each other. Yeah, for sure. She's um, savage. She's for sure savage. fucking crazy. So Cotton looks at Sid. He looks a little crazy at this point, does he not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sid tells him not to listen to her. Cotton tells her that she's in quite a predicament. He needs to think about it. He tells her, uh, I bet that Diane saw your interview is looking <laughs> real good right about now. Sydney just says, consider it done. As she says this, Cotton where he pulls the trigger and the gun fires. Both Mrs. Loomis and Sydney fall backwards. Who do you think he shot? Indians. Hmm. Well, we know who he shot. Yeah. All right, all when right. She said, yeah. consider it done. Consider it done. Cotton Ray must have a really good aim. Scene 15. You can't kill Sidney Prescott. They're both lying on the ground as Sidney starts coughing and sits up. Cotton says, wow, that was intense. Sid looks at Mrs. <laughs> Loomis, who's bleeding from the mouth, and her eyes are wide. That That was a tough shot. Come on. Yeah. Is, is there any way at all he's making that, that shot? I wouldn't think so. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even take the shot. I would have shot Sid, probably. It's pretty risky. It's kind of badass. Yeah, maybe he... Uh, I mean, he is uh, Sabretooth from X-Men, isn't True. he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, History solved. There you go. Cotton tells her that he would never do anything to hurt her. She tells uh, she tells him to give her the gun. He hands the gun right over to her. Again, playing into how badass Sydney is. He tells her they should probably get their story straight for the press as they both bend down to look at Mrs. Loomis. All of a sudden, Gail's, 
<laughs> all of a sudden, Gail's hand pops up and grabs Sydney's hand. Jump scare. Sid asks if she's all right. She says, of course not. I've been shot. Cotton helps her up onto the stage from the floor. Sid walks over and grabs Mickey's gun off the floor. Gail and Sid stand over Mrs. Loomis. Gail asks if she's dead um, as Sid hands her the other gun. Sydney says, I don't know. They always come back. This is paying homage to Scream 1. If you guys remember, Randy mm-hmm. told him that. Yep. As she says that Mickey, as she says this, Mickey jumps up and screams from behind them. Sid and Gail ah. both shoot him multiple times. Uh, they all three stand around Mrs. Loomis, and Sid points the gun at her head and shoots her in the head. Gail looks over at her, shocked, and Sydney says, "Yeah, just in case." <laughs> this is why I love Sydney Prescott, and again, probably why she's my well, she is my favorite final girl. But she's throughout these movies, I don't think anybody's character progression is as 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 good as hers uh, with the exception obviously of laurie strode in halloween 2018 mm. where she's basically sarah connor from terminator yeah um but yeah that again i just think sydney's a badass so scene 14 the final scene we cut the ambulances and the police bring people out of the building gail gets out uh gets out of an ambulance and her camera guy joel shows up and tells her that uh he wants to get back to the old days and do some stories i thought this was weird Suddenly was, a stretcher. Yeah, yeah it was, was kind of out of place. It, like, it was unnecessary. Yeah, it was unnecessary. Yeah. Um, suddenly a stretcher comes down the steps and Dewey's on it. Dewey is alive and talking through an oxygen mask. They put Dewey in the back of an ambulance and Gail drops her mic and says she's coming with him. As they shut the ambulance doors, the ambulance drives off with Gail and Dewey inside. Dewey is invincible. Clearly. He's the man. You can't kill Dewey Riley. It'd be sad if he was dead, though. Like, I feel like it would ruin any subsequent movie. Yeah. Well, we pan over to Sydney, who is uh, bombarded with reporters asking her what happened inside. They ask her how it feels to be a hero. She smiles and says, you'll want to talk to Cotton. He's the real hero. The reporters all go over to uh, Cotton to get the story. He tells them that there is a time and a price for everything and hands them his card. He says, I'll tell you one thing. It'll make one hell of a movie. We see Sydney walk across the street and onto the campus lawn as the camera pans out above the trees and the credits begin to roll. The end. The end. Dewey and Gail love connection. Wow. Yeah, at the end of every one of these movies, and then when the next one starts, they're never together. <laughs> Fucking hate each other again. Yeah. <laughs> it's because they're uh, actually together in real life. So. I guess... Um, who was it? I didn't write it down, but yes. So they were they had their love connection on the show on the movie, and then Sarah Michelle Geller and uh, who was it? Somebody else were dating on the set too. Hmm. I wonder if it was Timothy Oliphant. <sighs> Maybe I can't. I didn't write it down. I didn't think it was that important. It was Joel? I wonder when her and Freddie Prince got together. Yeah, I'm not I'm sure low. because wasn't it with, um, wasn't it on the set of I Know You Did Last Summer? Or maybe it was I Still Know You Did Last Summer. I'm not sure. I don't know because that was before this, right? It would have been after Scream but before, y- n- uh, no, because that was 98, right? Or was it 96? I can't remember. Hell, man, I don't know shit. Anywho. What did you guys think of the movie? It was good. I liked it. It's you good. liked it? Yeah. 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 Good pick. I'm trying to think if I like... I don't know if I did like it more than the first one, but it's up there close to it. I'm weird about that. I'll probably talk about that when we get to the Stabby's ratings. Yeah. Um, which, <laughs> huh, guess what it's time for? Stabby's <laughs> ratings. <laughs> 
So this is our 12th episode, correct? Yes. yes. If not, I screwed the beginning of this up, so. Right now, just, just to recap, Seth loves it when I recap. We give every movie a Stabby's rating out of five. Total possible Stabby's rating is five, okay? Not 10, not 15, not 20. Five. Right now, our top rated movie is The Ring. It was episode four. It's got an average Stabby's rating of 4.7, followed by Scream 1. It's got a 4.63 average Stabby's rating. Directly below that is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003 with a 4.53 average stabby rating. Now at the bottom of the barrel, we've got I Know What You Did Last Summer with a 2.8 and Beetlejuice with a 3.27. Seth, I know you're excited. You tend to give favorable ratings. I'm excited to see what you do with this one. Um, well, I rated Scream a 4.0. You did. And I like this one slightly better. Okay. So I'm going to give it a 4.2. stabbies for Seth. Yep. That's a good one. Is that your highest yet? No. The ring, you gave it a 4.5. Ooh, and Texas Chainsaw. 4.8. And Jeepers Creepers. Oh, fuck. For a window. You got a lot of fours in here, man. Yeah, I'm a favorable raider. That's okay. Four. I am too. Yeah, you are too. Josh, not so much. Unless it's his movie. I think I overthink things. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. Um, <laughs> Jess, you want to hop in and tell us what uh, what your Stabby's rating is? I, I did like it a lot, but I don't think I liked it as much as the first one. Um, I gave it a 4.6. Ooh, a 4.6. Not a 5. Not like a Scream five. 1. You did give Scream 1 a 5. I did. Mm. I gave Scream 1 a 4.9. I've also given The Ring a 4.9. Those are two of my favorites. Um, okay, so the reason I can't give this a higher rating than Scream is because I feel like without Scream, we wouldn't have Scream 2. So, like the Scream movies, I have to pay homage to the originators. So, I gave Scream a 4.9. I'm going to give Scream 2 a 4.85 stabby rating. Oh, man. How's your butt, Seth? That's better than last time. (laughs) Seth's got a new pillow he's sitting on. Got a butt pad. The old butt pillow. Well, I'm fucking this all up. 4.2 for Seth, 4.6 for Jess, 4.85 for me. Average Stabby's rating of 4.55 from the horror movie crew. That puts it at number three. Whoa. That's pretty crazy. Just above TCM. What do you guys think? Well, you guys ready to figure out what our next movie's going to be? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hell yeah. All right. So, Jess, you had HMC episode number 11, which was Get Out, which means Seth's movie is further back. So, Seth, you can either pick the category of trivia or 
you can go first, which means Jessica will get to pick the category of trivia. I guess I'll go first. This Ooh, time, we'll, we'll pick the category. Change it up. All right, just a brief explanation. We determine next week's movie by a round of trivia. The first person to get three questions correctly gets to choose next week's movie, next episode's movie. Jess, you can do Friday the 13th trivia, Halloween the movie trivia, or the ring trivia. Let's do Friday the 13th. Ooh. All right, Seth, you're going first. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's an easy one. Are you ready? Are you nervous? Tell me if you're nervous. I'm not nervous. You look nervous. You look like a cat shit in razor blades. <laughs> Where does Friday the 13th take place? Camp Crescent Lake, Camp Clear Lake, Camp Copper Lake, Camp Crystal Lake. Crystal. That's not an... I need the full answer, Camp please. Camp Crystal Lake. Okay. <laughs> That's Ooh, that's quiet. Ooh, hang on. Ding. Oh, I got it. Yeah, it's not as exciting. <laughs> Yay! Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one to nothing. Jess, who is the killer in the original Friday the Thirteenth? Michael, Jason, Pamela, Freddy. Jason. <sighs> Jason! Jason! It's Jason! Oh, it's... What? Well, that was... She wasn't an option. Pamela. She, yeah. Pamela, Pamela Voorhees. Mm. I just gave you the answer. Yeah. That's why. I thought her name was Pam. So I was like, Wrong. I guess they just mean Remember? Jason. And scream. Wrong. Sorry. All right, sorry. What kind of mask, Seth, what kind of mask does Jason usually wear? Hockey mask. Sleeping mask. Canadian catcher's mask, fencing mask, hockey mask. What's a Canadian catcher's mask? <laughs> yeah, I just totally made it up. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck that looks like. <laughs> Jason's trademark hockey mask, which did not appear until Friday the 13th Part 3, has become one of the most recognizable images in horror popular culture. 2-0. Jess, who is the last living counselor in the original movie, Alice, Marcy, Annie, or Brenda? Mm. Oh, that's a tough one. Annie? Annie? Seth? Yes. <laughs> oh, do you want to steal or do you want a new question? Sorry. Uh. I screwed you on the last one because I told you the answer was, but... I guess a new question. I don't know that one. I think it's Alice. Yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. The last counselor, Alice Hardy, fends off Mrs. Voorhees long enough to grab a machete and decapitate her. A machete. Shoot. You ready? Yeah. Who is Mrs. Voorhees' first victim? Claudette, Barry, Annie, or Ned? Barry? Oh, shit. That was just a shot in the oh, dark. Oh, <laughs> is that three? <laughs> yeah. We have a winner. Woo. Horror movie crew. <laughs> Episode 13. 
episode 13, lucky number 13, Seth. You tell us, what is your pick for the Horror Movie Crew episode 13? Okay, I'm going to go out on kind of a limb here. Oh, fuck. Out of the norm. Uh-huh. You guys might hate it. You Ma- look, Mal is going to love this You movie. look worried as shit. About, mostly about you. We're going to watch. <laughs> oh, no. Killer Condom. Killer? Killer Condom? Yep. That's a movie? Yep. I thought you were even getting ready to say Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It's a 90s, like, comedy horror. I'm excited. Mal and I were talking about it the other day. I was like, have you seen this? She's like, oh, of course I have. Like, of course you have. <laughs> Killer Condom. I've never even heard of it. It's I, I'm going to be interested to see what you guys think of this. Okay. I'm excited, dude. It's going to be fun. <laughs> hmm. It might have subtitles, by the way. Wait, what? It's a German movie. <laughs> You sh- is it all in German? I can't remember. Me. I don't remember. Oh, for fuck's over. sake. Seriously? You watch it with the subtitles on anyway. It'll be fine. I got to fucking read the movie? You might. Oh, Christ. That's fine. I'm not even upset. I don't expect this to get a high rating, but I want you guys to watch it. He just wants us to waste two hours of our life. It's fine. All right. Horror Movie Crew, episode 13. Cesspick. <laughs> Killer condom. <laughs> going to get a lot of listens all right well hey uh we made an executive decision because this episode went so long we're going to skip getting lit and talking shit but i'm not going to leave here without asking my good friends some questions are you guys ready yes these are josh's questions after watching hmm so i remember always loving this movie but after it was over this time and we see sid walking away she's like all by herself randy's dead Dewey and, and uh, Gail leave together in the ambulance. Like, she's 100% all alone. Isn't the next movie the one where she's like a recluse? She is. Okay. I can't remember if that was She good. is. She lives like off the grid and she's like on, yeah. she does like a help hotline type thing. Yeah. But like, I actually like remember like the previously love, I'd still love this movie, but like I was like happy for her after because she didn't die, right? But now I'm right. like, man, this, like, I felt bad for her. Well, her life kind of sucks. Yeah, so she's lost Tatum, Billy, which was her boyfriend. Stu was her friend. Randy, Hallie, Derek, and Mickey. I feel, feel for her. Yeah, she only got Gail and Dewey, basically. And she, like, walks walks off. I don't know. I just thought it was sad. Like, I think you're supposed to get, like, a positive vibe out of Like, hey, she survived. But I was like, man, this sucks. Yeah, I guess I didn't think of it that way. And on top of that, where is she going? Like, why is she not going to the <laughs> hospital in an ambulance? She needs to go gather her thoughts. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they would have taken her to the hospital. She gets the shaft with a lot of things, I feel like. Yeah, she does. Yeah. I told you this earlier, but the movie was, was supposed to take place in Ohio, which I honestly, I didn't even know that until I just watched it again this time. I didn't think I caught that in the beginning. You didn't? Um, so I kind of have some ideas. I, I hope that maybe, hopefully, once we watch all the movies in a series, we could do an episode just on the series as a whole. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, and maybe we could rate the movies, like where they fall in our list of um, just the, the movies from the series. There's but four, right? There's four. There's going to the be a fifth f- coming out. Yeah, they've signed on to do one. I don't know when it'll come out. It's probably next Halloween-ish, but so will Halloween Kills. So I don't know. But just off the cuff here, where in the, in the franchise of Scream, where does this movie rate for you in comparison to the others? High, low... Hi. I mean, obviously, yeah. I, re- I rated it pretty close to 
the first the one? first one. Hi, right now. I can't remember. I don't, is the fourth one the movie studio one? No, the third one is the movie, movie studio. See, yeah. I, I can't re- I have to see him again before the I could really fourth, place it. The fourth one is where she goes back to Woodsboro, and um, is she on, like, a book tour? I think so, something she's, like that. I think she's on a book tour, and she goes back to Woodsboro, and she stays with her family. Oh, this is high, uh, high for me. Yeah, this one's good. Um, so would we give it a four what? Point three. Five, five, um, five, five, yeah, because it's right above Texas Chainsaw. Right above. So we gave it a 91% from the horror movie crew. Rotten Tomatoes, they gave it 82. The audience at Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 57. Hmm. Wow. IMDb gave it a 62. 57 seems low, but... So we gave it a higher rating yeah. than us. We did, but we're biased because we love Scream. Yeah. Well, I do. And in turn, so do you. All right, last thing. The original ending with this um, actually was different. Um, I actually read there was two original endings before they got to this one. So uh, Cotton shoots Gale. Gale and or uh, Sydney and Cotton fight to the death, and uh, Dewey dies from his injuries. So I think originally Cotton but, was one okay. of the killers. Oh. Um, anyway, the script got leaked, and um, there was another script that got leaked, and it was that Derek and Hallie were the killers. They were in a secret love affair, and they were the killers. No, I wouldn't like that. Mm-mm. And the identity of, because of the two leaked scripts, the identity of the killer on the set of the movie, they didn't tell anybody who the killer was, except for obviously the, the, the killers, actors, right? Yeah. Um, so the uh, the all the actors had a bet on who the killer was, and uh, David Arquette won the bet. He guessed Mickey. Fun, interesting that's facts. A, oh, that's interesting. I'm very interesting. Well. <laughs> Fun facts. Fun facts with Josh. You're telling me I have to watch a movie called Killer Condoms. Mm-hmm. Condoms? Condom. Oh, it's condom. just a singular condom. Yeah. It only takes one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy shit. <laughs> All right. exactly what it sounds like well, <laughs> oh wow okay um you guys have anything else you want to talk about scream two scream one horror movie crew news anything at all well as always send us more requests to put on the wheel ask us some questions please Please. Yeah, we need some questions. <laughs> Please, anything. We'll take anything at this point. We're desperate. Yeah. Ask us questions about ourselves. Mm, that's good. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Hmm. Ask us some questions, and you know, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Horror Movie Crew Podcast, and you can listen to us on any podcast streaming platform. Yay! That's us, Horror Movie Crew. Yay. All right, we're out of here. Bye. Bye, y'all. I'm fucking waiting for you guys. <laughs>